Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2015, which is happening this Memorial Day weekend at the Convention Center. What? The Colorado Convention Center. Uh, this Memorial Day weekend, like it's May? No. It's hey, just, no, it's, no, it's this it's, year's this, Memorial Day. Yeah, this Memorial, Memorial Weekend. Yeah. Sorry. A, a Memorial Day weekend a at Memorial the Day Convention weekend. Center. Do you think people are that... Are, you're, you're I got excited. Our, you're not giving our listeners credit that they don't know what day it is <laughs> when I say Memorial Day. They're like, wait, this was put on this week. Is Memorial Day? Oh, maybe. That's going to. No, it's the way you phrased it. I just got my hopes up. So. Um, I was like, oh, is it that? No, it's next month. Shoot. I just need things to look forward to now that Jean-Claude's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you showing Jean-Claude Van Damme next weekend? Thanks for bringing it up, Ryan. Oh, yeah. You're We're welcome. actually showing Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van at Starfest, April 17th, uh, between well, 6 and 9. Was it? Yeah, it's next week. Sorry. Yep. Is it next week? Right? Yeah, it is next Depending week. Depending on how late this uh, podcast yeah. gets posted. <laughs> Make sure you put it up. I'm tired of this shit. Uh, no, it is because Mortal Kombat comes out on Tuesday. I'm really excited. Oh, does it? Yeah. When you don't have a job, James, you have a lot to look forward to. You know, <laughs> playing with your son and getting Mortal Kombat. So. I think that's fair. I thought you were about to say playing with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> playing with yourself. Playing with yourself. That's playing with my Mortal wife's Kombat. working at night. I'm like, oh, this fatality's so hot. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Uh, if you've never listened to Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world, except this week. <laughs> we were really disappointed because we wanted to see Ex Machina, but it's not playing in our neck of the woods. It's only yeah. New York, L.A. That drives me crazy. Yeah, like anybody gives a shit about the those The only thing cities. that drives me crazy is, and I know the Alamo doesn't have any say over it, but it's right. like an Alamo Recommends. I'm like, oh, cool, because this happened with It Follows. I get really excited right. that it's Alamo Recommends and we have an Alamo Draft House. I'm like, oh, that means we're going to see it, and they still have to wait. Yeah. That's bull crap. Dumb. But what's playing at the Alamo this week? I forgot to bring up the email. Probably some good shit. Hold for Ryan. Hold. Hold. Holding. Still holding. Hold. What movie? Gladiator. Uh, Star Wars. No, it's not Gladiator or Star 300. Wars. 300. Um, it's Braveheart. Uh, an Unfinished Life. <laughs> it's Braveheart, you dingleberries. Song of the God, South. Can't you guys talk while I'm being an idiot and looking this up? A no. Good year. A good year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was uh, that was probably Ridley Scott's crowning achievement. Uh, it was yeah. a good year. Did would that make like six dollars at the that, box office? That genuinely is the worst movie he's made. Cool. Uh, so next week at the well, yeah, next week at the Alamo Draft House. Remember, we always tell you what's next week because this stuff will sell out, especially if it's special. Uh, the the car is going to be hosted by Marilee Martin. Marilee Martin in 35mm. It's always cool when they get 35mm prints. Yeah. Even when it was a walk to remember. Oh, dude, did you get your copy of Interstellar? No, I didn't. It comes with a with a um, a frame of the IMAX I know. Was film. your was your IMAX film frame cool? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got, is it's it got Matthew, Matthew McConaughey in it. <laughs> all right, all right. James got my... <laughs> it's, you... it's him in a spaceship 
Is it really? Cool. I yeah. Bet, I bet you sit in bed with a lamp and you just put the frame <laughs> over the lamp and project it onto the wall cool. and you, you just stare at it. It's it's exactly like that scene in Castaway where I have it and then I have a flashlight and I just like yeah. I pop it on and look at him and then I pop it off. Did you get the steelbook <laughs> from Target or something else? No, I just ordered it from Amazon. Oh. Is there a cool steelbook? Yeah, I almost got it. it it's weird. Uh, buy that it one looks too. like another person's <laughs> face is in the spacesuit on the yeah. cover, but my face. I just wish it was the, I'm Matthew uh, McConaughey. The, the spaceship like that's on the soundtrack. Oh, I wish yeah. that was the cover. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Defrag is also playing. I don't even know what that is. No idea. Did you guys know what that is? No. Huh. Maybe it's one of the... Maybe it's one of those like... The uh, video vortices. Yeah, or grind, Grindhouse ones they do. Yeah. About fixing your well, def- computer. When I hear, <laughs> yeah, when I hear Defrag, I think of like Doom. <laughs> yeah. That's fragging. Yeah. 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 But Defrag is when you... Oh yeah, reset yeah. the space yeah, maybe of, it's, of your hard drive. Maybe it's a computer movie. Clusters. <laughs> yeah. Um, the beer dinner this week is Forrest Gump with Oscar Blues Brewery. Ooh. Science fiction friction is the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai in thirty-five millimeter. Very cool. Girly night is Pitch Perfect sing along, which I imagine is actually pretty fun because uh, that movie has some really catchy pop songs, and if it's a cappella, I think everyone could have fun with that. Uh, Mile High Sci-Fi versus The Goonies. Mile High Sci-Fi, if you've never been to a Mile High Sci-Fi, guys comment throughout the film while you're there. So it's kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Um, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is playing as well, which is a great film if you want to watch some Dick Van Dyke being in a musical. Not quite Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary Poppins. I think Chitty Chitty Bang Bang kind of drags a little bit where Mary Poppins, even though it's a long movie, you still have fun watching it. Yeah. You know, but. You know, if you go to the Alamo Draft House in Denver, make sure you say, oh, I heard this on the Real Nerds podcast, and they'll be like, who? But the, <laughs> uh, it's always fun to go there and see movies because it's a wonderful theater. I've just bought tickets to the Grolix web series uh, April 22nd there. That is playing there. Yep. Very cool. And all three of those guys will be there making fun of their own shit. Nice. And uh, who are they again, Brad, so if people don't know? Uh uh, local Denver comedians Adam Caton Holland, Andrew Orvidal, and Ben Roy. Um, they just uh, their uh, the show. Those who can't just got greenlit for uh, ten episodes on True TV. So cool. Um, and filmmaking friends, the Nix Brothers, uh, produced the show. So Very they'll be cool. going to L.A. and part of their waving goodbye to us will be showing their. I think it's twelve episodes of their like web that, series yeah. um, at the Alamo. Cool, like, like we did. Yep. <laughs> In a way, you can do it. Um, so yeah, normally we go we'd go see a new movie. This year, uh, this year, this week, we decided to do something a little different, like we did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, we're doing a film explosion, but this year we're doing the year. You said year again. What I say? You said this year again. I know. I know. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know. This week we decided because we didn't want to see what came out this week. Um, like nothing. Well, X Machina for some people. Yeah. <sighs> Not us. Way to rub it in. Um, um, why can't I remember? Who cares? Get hard? No, that was, no, that was a couple weeks ago. Some um, shit, man. Some shit that will lose to Furious 7 at the box office. Yep. Speaking of stuff this week, I got to talk about some movies I saw this week before I know, can we get I, into the... Can I talk about what we're doing first and then we can talk about the movies? I suppose. <laughs> it, what, this better be a really good fucking movie because you're really excited about it. Uh, uh, I think you're going to want to hear it. So, 
Just oh, go on with your thing. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. Hey, what year are we doing this week? You're always telling me to speak up, and I'm speaking up, so just do it. I know. Don't well, speak I'm, up too much. You're going to blow the mics. And, okay. and don't speak I up too much when I'm mic. trying to do uh, my uh, – I'm the host. Uh, you just sit there like a fucking bitch, and you listen. I'm just kidding. This year we're doing the year – You said that, I did it again. <laughs> what is wrong with me? This week we are doing the year 2005. It was a good year. It was a good year for movies. Uh-huh. But before we get to that, Brad really wants to talk about movies he saw this week. So, Brad – Only because I'll forget them. By next week <laughs> and, and talk about them worse than I'm about to now. It's true. Cool. So I finally saw It Follows. Do you care about that? Oh, yeah. I want to eh, talk about whatever. It Follows. Next. <laughs> um, it was cool. Yeah. Um, the ending was like... At a, so that guy just looks at that picture of her floating in the, the pool and he's like, I have this elaborate plan all of a sudden. Like that was the part that bothered me. Like, yep. Like where did that come from? Uh, in an interview with the director, he said he purposely did that because kids are stupid. He's and wrong. so the kids would make stupid decisions. So, I he's I, wrong. It's his movie. No, no. no. <laughs> so the problem with that did I talk about this last week? The problem mm, with that probably. scene is that he doesn't set it up right. So like it's it's the mm. scene you're talking about where we should have had like he does he does a thing that that we're very used to where he has a character who is supposed to be a smart character say I have an idea and then they cut away which usually as an audience tells us that he has a good idea and then he doesn't have a good idea. So he should have just had the scene where um, where the guy explains, like, hey, okay, so we know this and this about the monster. So if we go to a pool, like... No, it, 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 it comes off of a scene of, like, hey, I'd like to bang you. And then, like, oh, that didn't work. So, ding, elaborate throwing things in the pool plan. That is, that is a horrible Without plan, reiterating, yeah. I know the rules of how this works. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You, need, you needed to have him say, I think these are the rules. I think this will Meh, help allow I don't us think to you do need it. it. So. I mean, I, I think that the pool scene is the worst scene in the movie because that, because that is missing. Um, it's a cool scene. I really like that movie. but Like mm. when that chick threw the the, the blanket on him, I was like, that's pretty inspired. Yeah. But the whole throwing the shit in the pool, it's like just out of left field. Right. Yeah. And then the whole, um, like I was a little disappointed, it just kind of ended with them walking and then like maybe there's someone else following. Oh, and then I realized yeah. that um, maybe this whole time it was about like so, every time someone died, it was because they were like alone. But if you pair up with somebody and have someone like watching your back, uh, or coming together as like a couple, you can always like stay one step ahead of it. You know what's great is this movie. Everybody has a different interpretation right? of the ending. I've talked to so many people with different versions of that ending. I've I had like an hour and a half conversation with somebody at work. Me and Kendall kind of had totally the same different. feeling about it that he slept with the hooker and it that thing just mowed through him and came back for him. And then James brought up a great point that they always knew that it's going to be following them, so mm-hmm. you just keep on going. Yeah, for me, it's like this really uplifting, wonderful ending. Um, and then I've talked to some people where they, they've they've got this really like maniacal taste on it, take on it. Um, and then yours is entirely different. Like I never would have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. no, I, wow. it's an effective movie. It really is. You know yeah. the. I, I still think it's genius that you have this killer that just walks really slowly after you, always chasing you. It creates this uneasy tension throughout the film. Not the part where they have, you know, it's pissing on the floor and stuff like that. So that's whatever. Yeah, that part's um. But like, just the idea of something constantly following you and it doesn't move fast. Yeah. When it moved through that door, like when it was like their friend with the clamshell thing, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden it just appears. It's like enormous. Like that was a pretty good effect. Yeah. Okay. So what the shit is with that shell, man? The clamshell Kindle? Right. It's like this anachronistic... The Polly Pocket. Yeah. 
I, I'm baffled too. Brad just threw out a huge word, and you're like Polly Pocket. <laughs> did the director say anything about that? Like, hey, I made everything um, look like the '80s except for this one thing. Right? I'm sure he did. I don't. Same I in really, the background. It's, I wish the the craft dinner with him didn't sell out because I really wanted to see it again and go see it with him because yeah. I'd love to hear what he had to say about it. But I feel like our assignment with Kendall was like you have to go find out what the deal was with oh, the Polly right. Pocket. So Kendall needs to write in yeah, and tell Kendall. us like, hey, what's the deal with that fucking Polly Pocket? Yeah, I told you I found it's G-Force. anachronistic. <laughs> yeah. So now you have to find out the real thing. Actually, it's funny you say that because I saw a movie that this well it was actually last week and I forgot to talk about it. But yeah, I'll talk about it this week. But yeah, do it. Go ahead, Brad. You can finish your other ones. Okay, so I finally watched Wolf Cop. Nice. Oh snap! <laughs> no. <laughs> I was so like you built me up to like expect it to be awesome after like because I well watching the tri- like I heard the premise I was like that's awesome and I saw the trailer I was like oh shit like it's not like awesome. Hubble with a shotgun is it it should be like Hubble with a shotgun where it's very vintage and like off the wall Wolf Cop is not filmed creatively and it's also like they don't take the premise far enough like there's some <laughs> like there's some okay things like <laughs> what about the part where he rips that dude's face off and then he pops up later he's like ah! that's all the movie is it's just like hey look at these transformation effects and gore effects yeah, like yeah. there's I, no story i don't like, think i built it up any like, more than that there's just... like 20 minutes wasted to him, to him making his stupid wolf car which doesn't even look cool <laughs> yeah, but he he makes a wolf cop car and then goes around town killing people i don't, I don't know what part is hard to understand he, what are you missing <laughs> he cuts into the like makes like a w in the hood and you can't even see it it's like <laughs> so poorly done but i'm pretty sure i also said that it falls apart towards the end i think yeah the ending is just horrible yeah it's like oh yeah all these other people are yeah transformative but things. you know what it is it's still fun i mean and then he you know he fucks red riding yeah <laughs> i don't know he why. fucks that uh, waitress who's actually an old chick and then uh his penis like explodes oh, yeah, when he gets transformed. <laughs> He's pissing blood. Like there's a couple of things, but yeah, I was just bored most of the time. Really? Like I had fun with it. Like, Oh, they're, they're showing these practical changing effects again. And like, he's a drunkard. Yeah. He just, I don't know. This just wasn't anything like yeah, I had fun with it. outrageous <laughs> enough for me. And I guess they're working on a second. So maybe they're going to put it. Yeah. Maybe they'll have there. more money. But yeah, I was just like, oh, what shit. are they calling the second one? Wolf copper. That'd be awesome. I think it's just wolf cop too. I hope Dumb. it'd be Wolf Cop 2, Wolf Die Harder. <laughs> How wolf hard. Harder. How Harder, Wolf Harder. Um, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I saw was, I can't believe I haven't seen this since I saw it in L.A., but um, I saw Drive Again. Yeah. Nice. And I forgot how badass that movie oh, yeah. is. Did you see it at the Alamo? Um, uh, Esquire Midnight. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then I watched it Are you it a real home. human being? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I saw it at the midnight, and then I watched it like five or six times at home. Nice. Yeah, yeah, movie's awesome. Yeah, movie's really good. Um, that elevator scene is one of the best sequences of the last ten years. Oh, it's just yeah, uh, that and uh, that opening driving sequence where these veins. Oh yeah, and just all the because I was watching the special features and they talk about like yeah, it's just it's a typical like, um, like lone warrior story where it's mm-hmm. like just like a, a lone wanderer wanders a guy walks wanders into town gets yeah. caught up in something saves the girl man with no name story yeah yeah um but just like the polish the coat of paint that they put on this movie like that that story just so and it's just so impressive i think that's why it's one of my favorite films from 2010 yeah very little dialogue <laughs> is it 2010 or is it 2011 2011 mm. uh yeah very little di- like done a lot with visuals and like the color the lighting it's interesting when i watched it again 
I didn't think Ryan Gosling talked that much, but watching in, I picked up more of his dialogue throughout it. You know what I mean? It's because when you watch it the first time, he's like, oh, he's like a lone wolf killer guy. But then you watch it, and he actually kind of talks a little bit more than I remembered him talking. Yeah. I don't know if like, I paid attention more. Or... And a lot of the story is told just through the shots, which is oh, yeah. so much like. That's why. Like, not, I didn't really pick it up on the first time, but like, after he drops those guys off from the first heist, like, he. Like, after that job, he he's basically moving to a new location mm-hmm. and, like, reestablishing himself. And that's when he meets Irene. Yeah. Like, walking in that first day. And then, like, the shots kind of indicate, like, a couple days have passed. And, like, he keeps running into her at the store and stuff. Um, that's why Only God Forgives was kind of a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Because Drive is so cool. I think Only God is just too stylish. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. It's, it's sacrifice story. Yeah. Where, the you know, I think Drive has a is Good driven by a story yeah. you know and where only god forgives you like, oh this is it looks cool but that's all it has going for it yeah so hopefully they make something else so yeah i was just blown away by drive again like, yeah. like i said i watched it many many times that's over. awesome yeah. yeah i should watch it again i haven't watched it in a while it's one because when i was at the alamo and they're showing the trailer for it or their their cut of the trailer for it oh man i love this movie oh and that the the car chase after the pawn shop oh yeah debacle oh yeah it's only like a minute it's so yeah. short, but it's so powerful. Yeah. Like, it's edited and shot so well. Yeah. Nice. And I forgot the beginning, like, what I remember the beginning is being, like, so bombastic and uh, high energy. But watching it again, it's like, he accelerates a little bit, and then it's quiet. And he accelerates again, and it's quiet. Mm. And it's just like, I it's remember it, like, building and building and yeah, building. He, he, the director, uh, they create interesting beats throughout the film. Where sometimes it's really high octane and it's going, and then it lets the characters breathe a little bit, you know. And it's it's just it's it's a great movie. It really is. Yeah. I told my it's funny. I you bring that up, and is a few months ago I told my brother Steve. I said because yeah, he asked me about. it. He says, "Oh, is Drive good?" I said, "Yeah, dude, it's awesome." Because I have the Blu-ray and DVD, and my brother Steve always comes and takes my DVDs out of my Blu-rays. I don't care. I don't use them. And so he took the <laughs> Drive DVD. And he said that movie's stupid. I said, "Oh, okay." I don't think Steve He's really. Wrong. I, I don't think Steve gets movies because when I say, sometimes I tell, recommend movies to him, and he'll say, "Oh, that's a stupid movie." I, I, one movie I can't remember. I want to say it was Schindler's List or something. I said, "Make sure you're in the right mood to watch this movie, but it's really great." And he told me it was stupid. But <laughs> there were enough explosions in the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who would believe something like that would happen? Come right. on. So, yeah. Cool. Ryan, yeah. what did you see? Uh, I actually. Went and saw what we do in the shadows. Oh, hey! Yeah. Oh, now we've all seen it. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it twice now. So yeah, and it, it's really funny. Yeah, and it, it's funny in a way. Like I actually kind of agree with you. Where I mean, I laughed out loud, but it was just really clever throughout the whole thing. Yeah, you know, uh, like uh, Peter always cracked me up because he's this really creepy vampire. The, the Nosferatu vampire. Yeah, the Nosferatu yeah. vampire, and then. When the 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 new guy they make to a vampire is like, I'm a fucking vampire. <laughs> really? I'm a vampire hunter. Oh, no, you're not, dude. And then that dude breaks in and kills Peter. <laughs> but he's killed, too, because the coffin falls on him. Yep. <laughs> and then they hypnotize the police. It's just so funny. Yeah. We should keep him around so we can find out what other things are wrong with the building. <laughs> yeah. um, or like, uh, yeah, we. I don't know why we drink virgin blood. <laughs> and who? What, what's the, the leader of the werewolves? What other movies is he in? Probably some British thing. Yeah, because I've seen him in movies before, and he always plays that kind of character where he's 
I don't know. But, yeah, you know, he, cracking he up with him yeah. and the werewolves pass and like, oh, man, do you smell that? Yeah. <laughs> He's cussing like, hey, hey don't swear. You're not a swearwolf. Yeah, we're not a swearwolf. We're werewolves. <laughs> it's just a really bizarre movie. And but it's done really funny. I hope that you never have to run into the beast. Yeah. <laughs> they build it up as like this devilish monster. It's just his ex. Or when time passes and he hasn't been like feeding and he <laughs> looks like all fucked up. <laughs> He's just, was it Stu was their name of their uh, human yeah. friend? Yeah. And then they go to that party. Uh, Stu, you might want to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you bring here? They said you could have a plus one. You don't bring a... <laughs> you did, you, it's, he is right. The, the innovation said plus one. <laughs> Or when they have to draw each other because they can't see themselves <laughs> yes. in the mirror so they could dress up. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, the movie's just... It's bizarre. It's... I, yeah, it's it, it feels like one long skit. Yeah, like, you're right. It doesn't right. necessarily feel like it, it has a point. It just feels like one long funny thing that happens. Well, I mean, you know, you get into it right away when the the first vampire like comes out of his coffin and he stops. He's like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they the treat it dandy vampire. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Look, <laughs> when he skypes his, his old guy, and he's you put the wrong label on my coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Took me two years to get here. You promised me eternal life. Okay, I gotta go yeah, now. <laughs> see, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just fun. The Virgin Blood is like. Drinking a sandwich that you know hasn't been fucked. It's a pretty fun movie. And yeah. <laughs> the lady who wants to be turned into a vampire. <laughs> she invites those people over who she's pretty sure are virgin because she didn't like them in high school. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you like those worms? <laughs> it's the spaghetti. No, the, the worms. <laughs> now your penis is a snake. <laughs> Dude, my dick just turned into a cobra. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> oh man yeah some of the good. effects are really cool like oh, when yeah, they reach really us out of that done. backpack to grab them yeah. oh yeah absolutely well, i mean the the makeup effects on peter are really good yeah they're cool really good yeah um so yeah that movie is pretty fun i was bummed though i was reading that they're only putting it out on dvd so hopefully it does what? well enough where they'll put it on blu-ray that's oh, insane yeah. that sucks about a lot of indie movies they just put them on dvd yeah well, yeah, I mean... Did you see it at the Mayan or On Demand? Oh, actually, I saw it at Denver West. Oh, wow. One day, uh, I forget what Laura was... No, she had her friend was coming over to... Was a couple weeks ago, her friend was coming over to play with Kellen and their baby. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just go see a movie. And I just happened to see that What We Do in the Shadows was playing. I, was, I went and saw it. Nice. Cool. I had fun. The only one in the theater. It was great. And you will, too. Yeah, she'd definitely go see it. Cool. Anything you want to talk about? How The Simpsons aren't going to be on DVD anymore? Wah, wah. No, I'm all right. I don't know what I was. I started rewatching the newest season of Louie. It's a good show. Nice. Really, really smart. Yeah, I got to put up my uh, Jason Statham article. I finally saw the last, well, there's one more, but I don't know if you I'll saw, have to see it. You saw Wildcard? I saw Wildcard and Mean Machine was actually streaming right now on Netflix. So oh, had you never seen Mean no, Machine? No, oh. because the DVD was out of print, so even getting it on Amazon was like $40. Yeah, like, Mean Machine. That's that movie that's kind of like The Longest Yard. Yeah, it's a right? remake of The Longest Yard. Yeah. Now, uh, is it a remake of the, the Longest Yard, the original one, or, yeah. the, or the remake of The Longest Yard? Uh, the original, because I think Mean Machine came out in 99 or 2000. Yeah. And so I think 
and 2005 was the remake with Adam Sandler's <laughs> Longest Yard, which I actually think is a pretty good movie. I knew you were going to find that segue at some point. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I, I was setting it up. But yeah, so I got to put that. And as, I actually thought Wild Card was really cool, though. It, didn't, it got okay reviews. And then people were a lot of people were saying how Jason Statham isn't really Jason Statham in it, but he kicks some ass in it. Like he takes his credit card and slices a dude's like forehead open with it. And and I didn't get on the cover of the Blu-ray. He's jumping and he has a spoon in his hand. I'm like, what the fuck does he have a spoon in his hand? And then at the end, he's in a diner and he uses only a spoon and a knife as a weapon to kill all these guys with who have guns. Well, that's cool. I don't believe it. We should try the credit card thing. See if it's <laughs> yeah, real. See. Okay, go. Myth busted. <laughs> Myth busted. Oh fuck. <laughs> It's real. So, <laughs> I mean, the story is whatever, but it's some fun things. I had fun watching it. Very cool. Did you guys watch Danger 5 yet? No. No. Mm. I keep, it keeps on showing did, up on my queue. Did you watch The watch Legend it. of Korra yet? No. Hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, it has, what, 40 episodes? Danger 5 has 12? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I'll just recap. This year, this, goddamn, what is wrong with me right now? I have no idea. Do you even know words at this point? No, I don't. <laughs> this week, we decided we didn't want to go see a movie because nothing tickled our fancy, like Brad's mom. And Dude, what oh the my fuck? Goodness. <laughs> oh, my Just goodness. Kidding. I love your mom. She's a nice, she's a nice lady. I can't <laughs> believe I did that. Um, <laughs> so we decided we're going to do another film explosion. This is the closest we've done film explosions right next to each other. They're fun, though. But they're, they're really like fun, and it's always fun to change up the format of the show. So again, every we, we pick our 10 favorite movies from the year 2005 for the week of April 11th. <laughs> and uh, we're going to pick our 10 favorite movies and we'll go around round Robin. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling there might be some repeats here, but I don't know the order of what people are going to put them in. Yeah. So we'll just play and we'll play the trailer. I don't know if there's any interesting sounds from 2005 that you could pick, Brad. What mm. do you think? Star Wars is big. Maybe I'll do some yeah. lightsaber sounds. Cool. Vroom, vroom, vroom. No, no, awesome. not you do lightsaber sounds. No, I want He's going to do lightsaber sounds. You can use that, Brad. <laughs> I guess uh, Wind Waker came out two years earlier, <laughs> oh, so I can do I that Wind version Waker. of Zelda in there. Oh, there you go, yeah. I've been playing the HD. I beat it, and then I went back and I started playing it again. Nice. Because it's one of those ones that takes a little bit to get going in it, but once you do, it's so fun. And it's cute. And the music is fantastic. It's actually got like the most gruesome death of uh, any of the Zeldas. <laughs> it does. You're right. Surprisingly enough. Don't let the visuals fool you guys. It's a hardcore Zelda game. Yep. Cool. So this time, James, I'm going to have you start. You never start. I mentioned that in the last one. You still didn't start the last one. Yep. And then we'll go to Brad. And then, or do you want to be the last one, Brad? And on you. I'm fine. I'll be next. Cool. All right. Cool. cool. So the year 2005 for this week. I'm going to get my words right, I promise. Are you? Before we start, what were you guys doing in 2005? What was your life like in 2005? Um, I was a junior in high school. Oh, fuck. Mm. Uh, well, going into being I'm a senior. I'm old. Yeah, going into being a senior. Um, I graduated so like, before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're really fucking old. It's all right. My wife is six years younger than me. I win. Uh-huh. Rock the cradle. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Um, half, and it's half, funny because, oh. and we'll get to this on on a couple of the movies, at least on my list, that this was a year uh, that I specifically remember being really, really great, um, partially because this was a year that I started going and seeing a lot of movies at the Mayan and the Esquire um, with, a, with a group of my friends and, and sort of looking into um, 
some little movies that I wouldn't have found normally. Like, I, just as an example, it's not on my list, but Layer Cake. I remember Layer Cake coming out and my friends and I, like, all just loving that movie and being like, this is so cool. And there were a bunch of movies like that that year um, that we stumbled upon that uh, just sort of introduced me to a, a segment of films that I hadn't been um, enjoying before that and caused me to sort of, you know, take some educations in film that I had not endeavored in yet. So, um, it was a cool year. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, I don't even remember. I know I was a fucking restaurant manager and I worked all the time, but the, working that much, working next to a movie theater gave me the opportunity to always get off and go see a movie. And I remember I saw a lot of movies that year at Denver West, the movie theater and enjoying them a lot because this year actually has two comebacks in it. And uh, one of them is one of the biggest movies of the year, and one of them is a forgotten gem. And they're both on my list. If you know me, you'll probably know what my number one movie of the year is this year. But it was an interesting year. And it, because one of the movies that's on this list didn't start off very well, but it held so well that it gave us one of the greatest sequels of all time. So huh. it, 2005 is a great year of movies. And I remember seeing a movie that is on my list at midnight and it didn't get out until like three 30 in the morning. And hmm. I still loved the film. So yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that is a great film by the way. <laughs> it's a cool year. So it, it, no matter what these guys say, the number one movie of that year too is a good movie. So, um, uh, yeah, Brad, no, what were, no, what were you doing? I had just gone back to college for a second time. That's d- right. D- started my one year of video production associates degree. Cool. Um, oh, that's right. I think I was in a few, few Nebulous Visions productions in this year, wasn't I? Yeah, what did we do? We did Fruition that year. Mm-hmm. Um, shots? Were you... uh, yeah, because I did the pool thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else did we do that year? I did a lot of projects for Brad because he needed them for his classes. So, I mean, a lot of it's just technical. And I don't know, do you ever really show those? Uh, but, uh, I'm, I don't think I've shown them yet because uh, Fruition, I want to change the the ghost spirit mm-hmm. animate it better um, before I show it again. Gotcha. And a lot of that stuff was made on a Mac at school yeah. and I'm PC based. So it's a matter of transferring. So yeah, I remember doing a lot of your uh, projects where you had to do certain shots and yeah. things like that. Yeah. We would get um, a list of different angles to shoot, like oh, do, a, right. do a reflect, reflection shot, do a low angle shot. That's right. You have to build like a quick weekend project around it. So that's yeah. right. Yeah. Good old times. And I just stopped working at a Game Crazy. Yeah. Ended my video game salesman career, so I was not working, which is nice. I I remember at Game Crazy when Adam was our boss, and I bought Freddy vs. Jason, and we just watched it there instead of, like, working. (laughs) Yep. Good old days. Good old days. Cool. You ready for me to sweep the leg? Uh, Sure. My number 10. I think he's doing this on purpose because I did Out of Africa. He's like, that's such a great fucking movie. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> My number 10 is Batman Begins. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Tell us, Mr. Wayne. What? Too small for someone like Bruce Wayne to disappear. 
parents' death was not your fault. My parents deserve justice. I cannot let that pass. If you make yourself more than just a man, then you become something else entirely. Which is a legend, Mr. Wayne. Master Wayne, are you coming back for long, sir? As long as it takes to show the people of Gotham their city doesn't belong to the criminals and the corrupt. Bruce? Rachel? You were gone a long time. I know. Things are worse than ever down here. What chance does Gotham have when the good people do nothing? No makes a libel suit for advanced infantry. Kevlar utility harness, gas-powered magnetic grapple gun. What's that? I'm on the tumbler? You wouldn't be interested in that. I spent a lot of time being scared for you. I heard you were back. But the man I loved. The man who vanished never came back. He's here. Who? The Batman. Oh, it's a Brad Sweet Blake, not mine. Actually, that shows yeah. up pretty a lot later on my list too. And that uh, was my that was mine that it opened okay and then it held very well. I know. No, I, I, <laughs> I know. I knew. <laughs> when you said one of the greatest sequels of all time, um, yeah, dude, Batman Begins is really, really good. Um, Better than ten, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, when it all comes down to it, there are nine other movies from this year that I like more. Um, but it was a. It would have been a crime to not have it on my list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I probably um, would have kicked you through that window. <laughs> please stop choking me. Please stop choking me. Um, yeah, I think to some degree, it for me, it suffers from being Batman. So like, I still like, dude. I I really like Batman, but I don't relate to or love Batman. Wait, so, you're not a billionaire orphan? <laughs> uh, and so a lot of the other stuff that's on my list are, are just all movies that I I just take home and love all day long. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about it because I know you guys are going to want to. So anyway. We'll get back to it. Yeah, we'll get back uh, it'll to pop it. up again. Yeah, it, it's one of those movies that was a comeback because yep. Batman and Robin killed Batman and superhero movies for two years on the Marvel side, but seven years on the DC side. So I remember seeing trailers for it and not being that impressed. Uh, The trailers never really caught my attention. Yeah. You know, I didn't see it opening. Like I didn't go with my parents to see that movie opening weekend. I saw it a couple weeks later with my brother Mm. and then was like, Oh man, that was really good. Like he's like a ninja. Did we see that together, Brad? Uh, I think so. Probably. I'm sure I saw it at midnight. I remember the first time I saw it, I had to, go to the bathroom like during the uh the climax where they're evaporating all the water <laughs> it was really embarrassing to like cut through the crowd like excuse me excuse me you were, this huge action scene meanwhile you're like oh man i wish somebody would evaporate evaporate the water out of me i know 
Yeah, that'd have been sweet. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I saw that with you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And we'll get back to it when you know it's on your list or my list, whichever one comes first. Probably yours. Brad, what's your number uh, 10? You know, even right now, I'm still debating what should be my number 10 <laughs> officially. Um, oh, it was tough. I have a lot of movies that are like, we're teetering on the edge big time. Yeah. And my number 10 just happened to be one I enjoyed more. Yeah. Like my my beginning three are just kind of like, I wasn't sure. Yeah. They all kind of rank the same. And then like, I don't know. Howl's Moving Castle was one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a great movie. I wanted to I put that actually would have been on your list to tell you the truth. It was tough. Um but ultimately I decided like I I haven't seen it since the theater. Mm. And I own it. So that must that kind of tells me something. Um my next one was I was thinking Saw 2 cuz I like the Saw movies, but I remember I didn't like Saw 2 cuz I hate, I wanted all the characters to die. <laughs> They're so dumb after the first movie being so smart. Um so th- I basically settled on what I saw again recently, I think just on network TV, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. Arthur, what if I told you I was from another planet? Express route. Your planet has been scheduled for demolition. Have a nice day. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. From the celebrated best-selling novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. What is this thing? It's the guide. It's got everything you need to know to survive in the universe. Losing your planet isn't the end of the world. Hey, man! What the hell are you doing here? Arthur, this is Aphod Bigglebrox, president of the galaxy. He shares three of the same mothers as me. It's the beginning of an adventure unlike anything on Earth. I've been stranded on a strange planet for a number of years. I have been avoiding you. I... You look great. You're doing well. You've grown. The fate of the universe is in their hands. Uh, sorry, what exactly are we doing? The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't leave Earth without it. I think you swept James's leg. Not entirely, but I hope so. <laughs> Suck it. Um, and great. I didn't quite get it the first time I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll admit I haven't fully read the books. Yeah. Um, You're not really a book reader. <laughs> I spent a lot of my time making visuals, so yeah, yeah. it's hard to Well, that's what, that was a joke read. Brad said last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember yeah. in the last film explosion, you said, it was one of the few books I read in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just bringing it back. And then, uh, anyway, yeah, it's... it's uh, I got it more the second time around. 
Uh, I I laughed more and appreciated it more. Um, And it's amazing how many people are really popular. Like, they weren't stars back when this movie came out. But Martin Freeman and Zoe Deschanel and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Like, they were just kind of, like, just taking off then. I love Sam Rockwell. (laughs) Yeah. He's one of those guys that when he does film or he's in a movie. I forgot he was even in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I saw that movie in theaters. I haven't seen it since. So it is uh, not on my list. I was a I was a huge uh, Hitchhiker's Guide fan uh, when I was younger, and uh, was super excited about this movie as it was coming. Like at, you know when it was coming out. Um, so for me, I I look back at 2005, and this will be sort of a a running theme through some of the rest of this list. Um, is that there are a couple movies this year that were like mini miracles? And in my mind, the idea that they made a Hitchhiker's Guide movie that's this much fun and that actually is is relatively coherent um, and at least true to the spirit of Hitchhiker's Guide is sort of a mini miracle. Well, what's it about, guys? You're not even telling what the movie's about, so people oh, don't know. Well, all right, all right, all right. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is about it. to it on his list. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Nice. Um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide is about a... Um, basically a a normal british guy named arthur dent who gets caught up in a bit of an adventure when a whole bunch of aliens decide that the still is tea uh, no no okay uh that, that a whole bunch Pizza of aliens tea. god damn it <laughs> poisoned his tea i'm then <laughs> served him cold tea there's no biscuits with his tea they decide that the earth is uh ready to be just blown up basically um in the and name of so, Queen and Country. And so he disappears. God, I'm going to choke both of you. Uh, anyway, you asked me to do this. I didn't even want to talk about this movie. <laughs> you should check I, it out. You know, it's, James, it's I'm sorry, really, so continue about... It's a really funny satire um, that is a good, fun romp. And if you haven't read the books, is the books are also pretty great. So um, it totally deviates uh, from the actual book quite a bit. Um, but a lot of the stuff that's actually deviations were written by uh, Douglas Adams in his original script for the film. Uh, so some of the weird things like, um, uh, oh, shoot, um, uh, John Malkovich's character, who doesn't exist in the book at all, like that character was actually created by Douglas Adams. Um, so still, I think, a really fun movie that is worth checking out for sure. Awesome. Uh, my number 10 movie is a movie that introduced me to a lot of these actors a movie that is really funny to me, and I still watch it regularly. Uh, my number 10 movie is The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Lunch is so bad. Over the years... Did you glue this? I wish I had some scissors. Ow! Andy Stitzer has lost a lot of girlfriends. But there's one thing he never lost. Are you a virgin? Oh, you are hilarious. Mmm, <laughs> this is good. You're a virgin! How can you go 40 years and not have sex? I just kind of stopped trying. We gotta help the man. We cannot let you go on being a virgin. You gotta highlight your attributes. Just wax that whole Teen Wolf thing off. No! Kelly Clarkson! You look like a man-o'-lantern. The problem most men have is they don't know how to talk to women. What am I supposed to say? Nothing. Just ask questions. Are you looking for something? Is there something I should be looking for? We have a great um, section of 
do it yourself. Do you like to do it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? You gotta go somewhere where every girl is looking for a guy. Welcome to Date a Palooza. I'm Andy, and you are Gina. Gina. Hey, what's up? Okay. I like your shirt. Shh. You have kind eyes. You want to get out of here? Do you think I'm pretty? Whoa! whoa. Look at me. Look at me. I'm not your pretty. Universal Pictures presents... I'm Trish. Andy. She gave me her number. My God! <laughs> a comedy <laughs> about the wisdom that guides us. We've given you all the advice we have to give. Now you gotta put it in action. <laughs> the friendships that unite us and the experiences that touch us. If we should hold off on the physical part for a while. Like we've never been touched before. <laughs> hey man, got a big box of porn for you. I don't want this stuff, okay? Andy, for the last time, I don't want your giant box of pornography. No, no. Come on, man. That is so uncool. Uncool is trying to give an honest man a big box of porn, Andy. The 40-year-old virgin. I just love everything about this film. I think it's silly. I, I love Steve Carell. You know, it really introduced me to Paul Rudd. Um, cause I would never really watch freaks or geeks and yeah. stuff like that with, cause this is really, I think Apatow's first movie. Yep. So it's the one that really kicked off those movies. And I, yeah, well, I just, yeah, no, yeah it's, it's the one. Anchorman. No, cause it, that's like, I mean, that's 2004. This or is, three. this is what kicked off Apatow, which I, I would argue is a very different kind of comedy than, than your Anchorman's. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they're made, this is the same production. Yeah. Yeah. But this yeah. is the first one that had like a real heart to it. Yeah, yes. more dramatic than yeah. That's that's the thing that makes Apatow different. Yeah, where you know uh, Anchorman is more of silly, right. and this one it had some drama moments in it. And I, you know, there's little beats in comedies that I always love that maybe not everybody picks up. When Seth Rogen is delivering the TV into her car and he just throws it in there, and you can hear it crash and break. And <laughs> there's little things like that that I just love in the film, and the little banter they had with Steve Carell at you know the place where they work and uh, they get on him cause he's a virgin and, <laughs> and the Indian guy's like, Holy shit, you got to fuck that. It's just, it's just a really silly movie and I always really like it and I love watching it. Yeah. And when it's, they're playing mortal Kombat, and it reminds me of my friends, you know, how do I know you're gay? Because you like to wear rainbows. I don't even remember, but <laughs> it's just, it's just a silly movie. And I remember I got it for Christmas, and my mom wanted to watch it with me, and she was horrified <laughs> watching that film with me. Yeah, as you as you can imagine, my mom wasn't a, a a big fan of the movie. Not that she ever saw it, but she was like, "Oh, what a horrible idea!" And then I remember, like, at one point after I had seen it, I told her, "I was like, you like you wouldn't like the movie, but what you think that movie is about or saying mm -hmm. is not what that movie is actually saying." And you know, um, it did a great it's a show. really heartwarming yeah. story. And Jonah Hill has a great little cameo in it where he goes to the eBay store and he wants to buy these shoes that have fish in it. And he says, why can't I just give you the money for the shoes? And <laughs> the lady has to explain what eBay is. And yeah. here we are that everybody knows what eBay is and things like that. So yeah, it's a movie that I just really enjoyed yeah. and I still enjoy. I mean, if it's on TNT or something, I'll watch it for a few minutes just to see them be at the nightclubs and stuff. I remember just walking through the theater before the movie came out and you'd see like those large standees of just Steve, Steve Carell's face. I know. What a great marketing <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. For some way able to pull it off and just smile. <laughs> you know, that's just a goofy smile. Just and, a goofy smile. 
<laughs> yeah. That's my number 10 movie. Cool. That's a good one. Um, number nine, my number nine, um, is a remake that I didn't have a lot of hope for, uh, other than because of who was making it. My number nine is War of the Worlds. Eight thirty. We said eight o'clock. Pull it up. Get a hug. Robbie's got a paper, which he's yet to begin. I just gotta type it up. You just gotta start writing it first. Take care of our kids. You got nothing to worry about. That is so weird. The wind is blowing toward the storm. It's okay. Lightning doesn't strike twice. Where's the thunder? Robbie, you saw the lightning? Yeah, 26 times on Lincoln Avenue. You feel that? Yeah, this was one that, like, before it was coming out, especially because I, at this point, I believe I, I liked to say a lot of things about me not believing that Steven Spielberg could make another good science fiction movie, uh, because I, I really didn't like Minority Report, especially at this time, um, and hated, and still hate, AI, like, with a passion, AI is fucking a horrible movie, um, and... So as this was sort of ramping up and I was starting to see stuff about it, I was like, Man, yeah, this this kind of seems cool. And I I love this movie. Um, still one of my favorites. Still, like, the sound of the tripods is just the thing of nightmares. Um, when you first hear those things come over the hill, it's so cool. Um, and just a really great action-adventure Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, it's way higher on my list, but because one, I love Tom Cruise, but two, I love that he played kind of against type too, where he's a jerk in it. You know, he's not yeah. he's not a good guy. It's a bad dad. He's a bad dad. And the Dakota Fanning in it's really, really great. Oh yeah, she's great. Man. And it's just it's a it's a pretty scary movie. I mean yeah. there's you know, when people are getting sucked in there and then they're being Evaporated. shit shit out into 
goo is yeah is pretty terrifying. It does it it suffers from the um from the the Spielberg ending where he pulls his punches and has the sun come back at the end, but like I guess it doesn't matter. I, I think the movie would be better without it, but um but still, man, it's just so cool and visually just gorgeous. Oh yeah, you know that time I mean you mentioned it like I think Minority Report's a brilliant movie, but the the way he filmed movies at that time yeah. had a dis- very distinct look. The shot at the river, oh man, oh, yeah. so good, man. Yeah, it, it's just a it's a well made movie, and that movie was made really fast. I was uh-huh. on it's, the special features. How long did they? It's like two months. I think they shot that film. Yeah, or had to be in theaters in six months or something. Yeah, I think it was six months or something. It was a very short shoot. Impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Was the Tim Robbins part like in the original? Like, is that a storyline? From the original, no, play? I, no. I mean the the original is well the the book is n- really nothing like it. Um, the film is also kind of nothing like it. Um, they basically just use the framework. I mean the the book is is just this huge allegory. So the whole book is basically like the main character walking away from danger, um, never really being in much danger, and sitting and having tea with people from time to time. Um, while the whole world burns down, um, the the original movie is like a very traditional fifties horror, or like a uh, not horror uh, sci fi film, you know, like alien invasion movie. And then this one, this one stands completely on its own, really. Like, yeah, the Tim Robbins thing is not there. Like, it's all original, pretty much. I was just the framework that's the same. I was just thought that was like a creepy addition to the. Oh yeah. Like- Oh, it's yeah. kind of like The Walking Dead where it's like, you know, obviously the dead and then in this case the aliens are the obvious antagonists, but right. humans can just be as terrible too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's also that great scene where the fairy's trying to cross and the pods are pulling oh. things out and killing people. It's so good. That's the that's the really scary one. Yeah, and, that's and the one know, I was talking about when it, when the tripod comes over that yeah. hill and you just hear that noise and you watch everybody's heads turn and you're just like, oh, shit. Spielberg's really good at moments like that in his films no matter what the film is he's able to pull that off did oh, you yeah. watch that jaws thing today um i had actually already seen it but yeah it's awesome uh that breakdown of the i think no i actually i think i talked about it last week either either before the show or when we were recording because that was the thing where i was saying that um the guy gets so into the minutiae on jaws that there's even one thing where he's like it's really perfect that the dog ran this direction at this specific time in the shot. I was like, dude, it's a dog. <laughs> like, I doubt that this guy making his second feature film was like so particular that he's like, I really need the dog to run that way. <laughs> and I need him to be at this second. I need him to be between these two people. Like, no, it, that it's guy's just trying lucky. to pull off like sometimes room two, three, six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, okay. sometimes he's just lucky, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. Spielberg's pretty talented. If nobody, if if you haven't heard yet, <laughs> yeah, right. Doesn't Watch show- out for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's going places. This, this, this kid's this kid Spielberg kid is going places. I really hope he gets to make another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does he show up twice on these lists? Oh, do- mm. does he? <laughs> Brad, what's your number nine? Oh, my number nine is Kung Fu Hustle.
zoom, zoom, zoom. movie is super zany man yeah. i didn't even see that when i was pouring through them yeah oh that's cool that's a good one um it's, it's mostly on my list because it's like the fun we were having as like a group of friends at the time yeah. like because adam was really into, into like asian uh import movies but it's it's one of those ones like shaolin soccer where mm. it's so over the top that it's pretty fun oh yeah yeah, yeah. The story is whatever, but when he's kicking dudes through buildings and stuff, I mean that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. it's clever and inventive and zany, and um, I haven't watched it much since 2005, but I just remember it being fun. It's so. one of those uh, Blu-ray and DVD covers I see that I always like chuckle at. Yeah, that I should own it because the movie's fun. I never get it, but it's just uh, for some reason every time I see the cover, I just laugh mm. because. I yeah. don't think it's supposed to be serious. No, <laughs> no, no, not at I'm all. I'm trying to remember what the, the storyline is like. Uh, what is it? I don't know. It's it's like he, he it's fights like, a bunch of like bad guys well, but in it's a like, town square. <laughs> yeah, it's like warring gangs sort of between yeah. like taking place in that town square. Um I remember I, one of them has an axe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I see this. There's the lady who can who can like scream and shake the bell or something. Uh, or like or like a bell falls and then like she's screaming. I don't know. There's a lady who could scream. <laughs> we just know it's lots of fun. Yeah, it's, it's really fun, cool. yeah. Maybe yeah. I should put Saw Two up there. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to change no, it. I think Kung Fu Hustle was a good was a good choice. Well, it's, you know, too the experiences you have with people because sometimes a film can be elevated just by what how you experience it with people. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've, we've said it many times with you know you guys go see the room and seeing that by yourself would probably be a horrible experience when you see it with a bunch of people. Yep, it really elevate elevates it. I don't know yeah. if that's the right word, but yeah, so. It, <laughs> But Kung Fu Hustle is a movie I think when you see with your friends, you can high-five and laugh and have fun with it. Please don't high-five in the theater. I'm not talking about the theater. I'm talking about at home. Okay, good. Then I can put that. It's it's 10 years later, James. (laughs) Ryan, what's your number nine? Uh, My number number nine is if I had to choose a film series and it was a part in a film series that actually elevated the previous episodes of it – I would totally put Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith here. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. Council wants you to report on all the Chancellor's dealings. That's treason. We are at war, Anakin. Very dangerous putting him together. I don't think the boy can handle it. I don't trust him. 
I need your help, son. I'm appointing you to be my personal representative on the Jedi Council. You are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. What? Obi-Wan and the council don't trust me. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will achieve a power greater than any Jedi. You're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Who could have done this? Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. I feel so helpless. So yeah, the the best prequel I is, hate, I hate you. Is Star Wars episode 3? No, it's not. I remember seeing this film three times in the theater. Hey, me too. And really, really enjoying it each time. I, even today when – out of all the Blu-rays that I own of the Star Wars, it, <laughs> I think it's the best one. That, not the film-wise, like the overall film, but I think the Blu-rays looks the best. Yeah. Because one, it doesn't have you know the special edition stuff in it and – but the, I think the, I think the story is compelling. I still think the story of Anakin Skywalker is compelling, and I think how he falls from grace is very compelling. Maybe not pulled off the best, you know, with the acting, but it's still well done. I still or think the, the, the plot. I think the fight at the end with Obi Wan Kenobi is awesome, especially when they're fighting and they're doing the same moves at the same time, but really fast is really awesome. I think General Grievous is a cool character. Yeah, wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are such Debbie Downers. Well, no, I, <laughs> it, he's such a cool character, but like he's in it for like half the movie, and that's it for the prequels. For hey, him. that opening, that whole Much opening like sequence, that whole opening sequence is awesome. And I think that maybe the, the biggest. If I had to put a problem, but I, I still it's really like, where enjoy, were you in Attack of the Clones? Yeah, I still really True. enjoy the movie, and I think it's lots of fun and. The thing with Star Wars is my dad loves Star Wars so much that anytime a new one come out, I'd get really excited. Like this year, I'm really excited to see the new one just because it takes me back to being a kid and my dad having the trilogy on VHS. And because it's not going to be dog shit. Yeah, that too. (laughs) And I mean, it's not going to be any Phantom Menace. We can put that to bed. If it's it's equal to Revenge of the Sith, then I'll be happy. If it's as good as Phantom Menace, we'll all be lucky. But if it, that's not true, you know, that's when so Phantom not Menace true. came out, we were excited that it was going to be awesome. And what if yeah. this one actually turns out to be dog shit too? <laughs> yeah. oh, what do no. we do? Man, I, Kill ourselves. Does but, Disney go through and like, uh, cancel Rogue One? No. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, all just, we'll all just drink the Kool Aid. I mean, even if, they're, even if they're pieces Ryan of Ryan Johnson, go home. Even if they're pieces of crap, they'll still make lots of money. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, no, I I always like this one. I do. Th- I mean, I it does 
even though you know how that Anakin's going to not make it and things like that, it's still it's still heartbreaking. I think, and to see someone who's so talented and just go to the dark side. It's the only time somebody's called Hayden Christensen. I, didn't so say, I said Anakin Skywalker as, an, as a talented Jedi, <laughs> not Hayden Christensen as a talented actor in yeah. everything but Star Wars. Yeah. I'd say Harvey Dent's Fall from Grace in one movie is more convincing than Anakin Skywalker's Fall from Grace across three movies. <laughs> I would totally agree. I know, 100%. <laughs> no, but agree. I think the thing is, nobody's, is... Nobody's arguing that they were great. <laughs> the argument is which one of them is the is the least horrible. <laughs> I, I, I love Revenge of the Sith, but I do think that if they stretched that story out for two movies, where you have General Grievous as maybe Attack of the Clones part, and he's the main antagonist throughout yes. the whole film, yeah. and then have the third film pick up where they defeat Grievous and Anakin slowly starts turning to the dark side, I think would have worked, but I still, oh, yeah. I, I still think there's great moments in there. I love, you know, when Yoda confronts the emperor and, you know, he has to go into hiding. I, I don't know. I, I think just, Palpatine should have screwed with Anakin more across like, like attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Like if he, yep. And as the audience, if he teased you as like, made you wonder, like put some more moral dilemmas for him. instead of just doing it all towards the end. Um, they spent like Attack of the Clones is basically the romance of him and Padme, but Ugh. that can be taken care of in a scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you had a writer on those films, you would have had like things get introduced in the first one that would have paid off, like in the second and third, and like whole thread lines that really made the whole thing feel coherent and um, uh, and really would have stuck with you. But the thing is, is uh, it's like talking to a wall because you guys obviously hate this movie. So, uh, James, what's your number eight movie? <laughs> um, and Revenge of the Sith is awesome. Uh, awesome. Oh, uh, anyway, um, uh, my number eight is an awesome film. Debatable. Um, is it is the Explorers. Again? It is also a remake. Uh, man, there were a lot of remakes this, at this time, but some of them were really good. Welcome to the 2000s. Um, yeah, that that is true. Um, it's a movie that. I know a lot of people didn't love, but for me, it it scratched the right itch, and I don't know. I just, I really like King Kong. I want the cast and crew on the ship within the hour. No, Carl, you can't do this. Tell them the studio pressured us into an early departure. It's not ethical. What are they going to do, sue me? Huh? They can get in line. I'm not going to let them kill my film. We have three hours to find a new leading lady, or we're finished. There are thousands of actresses out of work in this city. Somewhere out there is a woman born to play this role. A woman who will journey into the heart of the unknown. Towards a fateful meeting that changes everything. I've come into possession of a map. An uncharted island. A place was thought to exist only in myth. Wall! There's a wall ahead! Until now. That's where I'm gonna shoot my picture. You're feeling uneasy, Anne. Feeling's growing. It's washing over you. Scream, Anne! Scream for your life! Get the camera. They're taking it! Ah! Oh. Mysterio! 
That's my number eight, too, James. Oh, shit. That's so cool. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. Dude, movie is long as shit. Um, the dinosaur sequence probably goes on too long. What? Like, I, I totally understand that there are reasons people don't like this movie, but I think it's gorgeous. Are you talking about when he's fighting T-Rexes or the chase? No, no, no. The, the chase. The chase. Um, not the T-Rex okay. chase. Not the T-Rex chase. The, when they're all running through oh, the cavern okay. with all the, you know, the long necks chasing them and all that stuff. Um, like, that's the sequence that is... My mom always compares that to the pod racing because she thinks the pod racing is too long. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this the, the movie is both paying homage to the original uh, 33 version in some awesome ways, right, where the when he fights the T-Rex, it's shot for shot, basically the same thing, and still just a badass fight. Um, and then you've also got this really wonderful version of that story that I, I honestly think is is the the best uh, incarnation of this sort of love triangle that we've probably ever had. Um, and a like the CG for King Kong is amazing. Like not just it's still super impressive. Yeah, like, I watched it. The way he months ago on Blu-ray is it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that last. <laughs> what is really good at monkeys is what we've learned. Yeah. Um, but that last, you know, shot when he when he dies at the top of the tower oh. and the way he emotes, it's just heartbreaking. That, um, the, it, I've never felt that way about a not real character. Yeah, because there's even a, a you can pinpoint certain scenes, you know, where he's saving her from the T Rex is amazing. But when uh, Jack saves her from him at the cliff base when there's all those other monsters and stuff and they get down and you can see that he's like just heartbroken. Kong is heartbroken in it. Yeah. It's amazing. And then when he meets her again in New York, Oh, it's so beautifully shot. It's, and when he's, you know, taking her to central park and stuff and it's yeah. just, it is a wonderful movie. It really is. And I, I think the extended edition is really good. Yeah. I, in fact, I think Peter Jackson's extended editions are better than his theatrical cuts Yep, because he's allowed more story. Yeah. And it's just the King Kong is a movie that I was talking about. I saw it at midnight and I didn't get home till like four in the morning, but I still yep. didn't care because I was pumped to see it and it was so well done. And I, I love Peter Jackson. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like it's a, it's a, it's a testament to their CG at that time that, that the, the monkey there was for me better than the monkey in mighty Joe young and mighty Joe young was an animatronic. Like, mm-hmm. like when that character would emote, it it was really convincing. But then you get to this to this one, and it, it feels like there's a lot more emotion. Like he can change a lot faster. And especially you go back to like the scene when he first meets her, um, or sort of first steals her and takes him to his little like cave up on the mountain. Um, and he gets pissed off, and he like he's screaming, and then he picks the rock up and throws it up the cliff, and it rolls back down and hits him, and like all of the different like versions of that character, you get this real dynamic to who Kong is that you, you honestly couldn't have gotten in any other way. Like it, it proved that CG wasn't a crutch that it was a, I mean, there are other movies that did it. I'm not like it's a watershed moment. I'm just saying that no, um, it is a movie that proves that it's not convincingly. Yeah. And you know, I think it benefits too that Peter Jackson was a horror movie director because the scene with the natives is pretty scary. Oh yeah. Where they're dancing around and you don't know what's going on. They're going to kill them. And I wouldn't even think of that. Yeah. That whole first sequence. And, And I love everything on the boat. Yeah. Like that whole section of them making the film and all of this intrigue about like 
whether or not he's going to be able to pull it off and what the, what Jack Black's character is actually like trying to do and what a like sort mm-hmm. of slime ball he can be um just a really fun movie i agree uh, so yeah that's adventure my number eight. movies you know right sometimes you can't go wrong there are a lot of adventure movies on my list man that's no, okay um brett what's your number eight i haven't seen it since the theater i remember just being bored the whole time you're wrong <laughs> yes <yeah. laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh what is my number eight i don't know um Another one I haven't seen in a while, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's still good. Good night and good luck. Let me see this. It's a loyalty oath to America. Are you now, or have you ever been? I thought it was a joke at first. Moreau signed it. Moreau signed it? If you don't sign this, are you and I a target? If I don't sign it, they'll fire me. Ten seconds. Ready on camera, one. Good evening. Any man who protects communists is not fit to wear that uniform. You can't convict people by rumor and hearsay and then you're in no. Are my children going to be asked who denounced me? Are they going to be judged on what their father was labeled? I see a chain reaction that has no end. Charges were in a sealed envelope. Nobody saw them. Wouldn't you guess that the people who have seen the contents of that envelope might have who? a better idea of what makes someone a danger to his country? Who? Or do you think who it should just be people, you sir? that decides? Who are the people? Are they elected? Are they appointed? Is it you? I've searched my conscience, and I can't find any justification for this. Our next show is going to be about Senator McCarthy. We're going to go right at him. We will not walk in fear one of another. This is no time for men who oppose Senator McCarthy's methods to keep silent. Mr. Edward R. Murrow has made repeated attacks upon me and those fighting communists. Somebody's going to go down. They're going to get audited this year. Not me, you. McCarthy wants April 6th. I will not be deterred. He's going to come after me. You understand the position you're putting us in? Let's walk very carefully through these next few moments. Why don't you just fire me, Bill? Go after Joe Kennedy. We'll pay for it. Murrow is the symbol, the leader and the cleverest of the jackal pack engaged in propaganda for communist causes. Okay, fellas, here we go. We might as well go down swinging. We're going to go with the story, because the terror is right here in this room. Ten seconds. Five. Four. Three. Two. We cannot defend freedom abroad by deserting it at home. Good night. And good luck. Oh, I, I really wanted this on my list. Didn't make it? No, it, it didn't. Um, it's it, it should be on Ryan's because it's got Robert Downey Jr. I know. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, great little movie. Yeah, we'll I see. I loved it. Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Good Night and Good Luck. And, um, yeah. but that was the first, the first George Clooney directorial. Is it? Right? Or no, oh, no, no, no. Um, um, Dangerous Minds is the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Confession. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah. yeah. No, this movie is really good. It's well yeah. acted. And I mean, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is in it, but I mean, he's not the reason the movie's great. No. I mean, um, he helps his it. His role's really good. It is. Um, but yeah, it's a good uh, character piece. People interacting with each other. Good story. Yeah. It's uh, a really good one. Inside look into the days of when news was actually news. <laughs> uh huh. There was integrity in the news. Yeah. Uh, and them trying to maintain it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, really well-told story, very concise. Yeah, and I think what it did well is because George Clooney established himself as a director where sometimes nothing really exciting happens in his movies, but you're really invested in what's going on, and he's, he pays really close attention to performances. And, yeah, it shows up later on my list. Uh, not because Robert Downey Jr. is in it. I mean, it helps, but yeah. the movie's still pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's back to me, isn't it? Yeah, because King Kong was oh, my sorry. number eight. Maybe uh, um, like in future film explosions, we should have like this game uh, thing where if we do hit like a double, like it changes the direction of the. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Oh yeah, yeah. we could do that. Not now. It's <laughs> too confusing, but later. But here's the thing: so if if when I got oh, I guess then we would have gone to well then now nah, it wouldn't be, work because then it would go to seven, his seven. Yeah, I mean it'd work. It's easy. I mean it just comes back to me because then it would go to you for, well or it could go to him for his eight and then it could go this is a horrible podcasting but it could go to you for your eight and then it would come back to me for seven so we would have ended up in the same the same two movies we would have talked about next i'm already confused but yeah, yeah. we'll figure something out anyway so uh, my number seven is the movie i'm gonna get the most shit for um shit. especially since i put it up at number seven you made um, a terrible choice <laughs> <laughs> you, you can just feel it we don't know what it is but yeah but it's like it's like your crack we know it's a bad choice. Um, this movie is not a great movie, but it was really, really fun. And a movie that, in my family, we watched a, quite a few times. Um, oh, in fact, it was, it was one of my mom's favorite movies. And, and I even talked to her earlier today. It, it's her number two movie because she was looking at, at 2005. Oh, cool. and, um, so it was her number two movie and one that we just we all really loved. And I wish we could have gotten more Dirk Pitt. Uh, action-adventure movies, but unfortunately, Clive Cluster is a, a dick. So my number seven is Sahara. For years, I've wondered if the stories were true. And now, I finally have the proof. And you found a coin. I found the coin. At the end of the Civil War, a battleship carrying a secret shipment of gold vanished without a trace. Where in the hell did you get this? On the Niger River. In Africa. You got 72 hours. I'll meet you at the boat. Nope. I got the check. Sit down, I'll get the check. For explorer Dirk Pitt and his team. This is the place. The ship should be here. I have to warn you, it is very dangerous for foreigners. It was a ghost ship, a cursed ship. The mystery that's buried with a long-forgotten legend carries a threat. This thing could kill millions. No one could have imagined. Safina to Almount. That's so poetic. What's it mean? The ship of death. Great! This spring. The Americans I was telling you about. They will soon find out what we're doing. And now the problem is mine. You better be born! I'm sorry, I don't speak English. You are speaking English now. Bad news about your boat. <laughs> now, every clue. I'm looking for a boat. This is not the harbor. What? Every secret. Let's check it out. Brings them closer to the greatest discovery under the sun. Oh my god. Bring them to me. From international best-selling author Clive Cussler. You American? Yeah. CIA. <laughs> no. Matthew McConaughey. There's no way that that should have worked. Steve Zahn. 
Penelope Cruz. That's your hunter, there's a toolkit in there. Don't want to rain on your crazy parade, buddy. But I don't think we can fix this thing. Sahara. Hey, where are we going? Hell am I now? But we're making great time! Directed by Brett Eisner. All right, all right, all right. Wait, that came out that year? I yeah, didn't, I didn't remember seeing it in the list. It did. Um, it, like, yeah. This movie is dumb. It's fun, to, though. But it's really cool. Like, the chemistry between Matthew McConaughey and Steve Zahn um, is so good. I wanted so many more movies with those two Steve guys Zahn in it. think Steve Zahn is an underappreciated actor? Because I do. I Absolutely, yeah. This um, gets work. No, I mean, I haven't but, seen like, him in a while, but he's but... one of those guys who's always the buddy or he always plays secondary characters. And, yeah. and he's usually really good in film. Oh yeah, um, I mean, you look at a movie like that thing you do, where he steals almost every scene <laughs> yeah. he's in, and then and then you've right got um, oh yeah, I was playing drums. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where was I? Oh yeah, playing songs on my guitar. Yeah. Um, the uh, <laughs> that's a great movie. Um, uh, he was he ended up being in Rescue Dawn, which was a dramatic oh, yeah. role, and oh, he's, yeah. he's fantastic in that. He also played Robert Duvall's character in um, uh, they they did like a Lonesome Dove prequel. And he played, yeah, and that was dramatic as well. And he's like, he's really solid. Mm-hmm. It's too bad he went into this weird. He ended up sort of getting typecast in those comedies, and mm. then I haven't seen him in a while. Um, mm, but was he just in, I saw him something. Are oh, we yeah? talking about good Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn or your favorite movie um, number seven? So just shut up. <laughs> um, but. Uh, this was also at a, at a time when Matthew McConaughey was starting to come back from like he was he was in all your failure launches and stuff, but this was I think leaning after, against women and posters. Uh, oh, you know what? You're right. This was actually so I'm I'm backwards. So yeah. after this movie didn't do well enough, he that's started leaning when leaning against women and posters. Yeah, that's when he started leaning <laughs> against women and posters um, or surfboards. You know, I, I really need to. Be this guy who's haunted by his girlfriends. <laughs> Remember, Laura made me go see that fucking movie. Uh, Emma Stone in it. It was that a dark. Nice. It's a dark time. Oh, Emma Stone's in girl, Ghost. Yeah, of it's like back? his ghost girlfriend that makes him realize that what he was doing is wrong. Wait, because it was Emma his. Like, it, yeah, it was like his high school girlfriend. Yeah. What was the What was the Eva Longoria movie where she's like a dead <laughs> ex girlfriend, dude? <laughs> I just that's the only part of Girls of Ghost of Girlfriends Past I remember. Emma Stone is. The one who adorable makes him realize that he made a mistake. I think. Are there mul- Are there multiple dead girlfriends in them? They're not dead. They're just they, the they're ghost, ghosts. The ghost is you're haunted by the mistakes you've made in your life. It's a movie. It's a movie where this guy kills all his ex girlfriends. Yes, right? that's that's right. Okay, that's what I choose to believe because that sounds more interesting. Um, anyway, Sarah's so really fun. It's a it's like a it's like a modern day sort of pulp fiction or you know pulp sort of story oh, where you have like you a, a modern day pulp fiction no 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 like a film no i mean it's it's in the vein of like an indiana jones only yeah. set very modern day i think it's um, a fun movie yeah still really cool you should go check it out i think it's a good time so cool. you'll recognize it because uh on the cover matthew mcconaughey is leaning against steve zahn yeah <laughs> i think he really is i think he really is yeah brad you are number my seven turn. my number seven um, is when we've already talked about the forty-year-old virgin. Oh, sweet! Oh, cool! Yeah. yeah. So, why, why did you like that one? Uh, like, yeah, like you said, it was funny. Um, <laughs> had a lot of heart to it. Um, it's, it's funny. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I always think about the scene after he admits that he's a virgin to his friends, and he's riding back on his 
Mike. <laughs> he says, yeah, I'm a virgin. Well, you guys are asses. <laughs> the way Steve Carell delivers lines is brilliant, and that's why he's a brilliant comedian. Yeah, yeah. at that point, we only, only really knew him from The Daily Show. And I think the first season of The Office just came out, and I didn't oh, see yeah. it. I didn't see it. I didn't saw it on DVD for the first time. Yeah, I didn't watch The Office until like 2010. And I, so. yeah, I didn't watch The Office until after The 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, and that was on DVD, and my brother, Steve, told me that The Office was really funny. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. I like Steve Carell, and became a huge fan. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Ryan, you're number seven. Oh, this is going to sweep so many legs. Sorry, guys. Uh, my number seven is a film that gets a lot of flack because of who made it. But I think if you take his work as a whole, it's actually makes sense in the scheme and continuity of all his other previous films. My number seven film is The Land of the Dead. The world as we know it. They must be destroyed. Is no more. Cities are under siege. The land of the living has become. Feeding on human flesh. The land of the dead. If these creatures ever develop the power to think, to reason, in one last outpost it was my ingenuity that took an old world and made it into something new we have survived rivers protect us on two sides i put up the fences to make it safe and these fences go all the way across both ways but if the living can adapt things are changing these guys are not just walking so can the dead it's like they're pretending to be alive They're mindless walking corpses. They'll never get across the river. They're moving toward the city. There's nothing there, man. communicating they're thinking ah! we're going back to see if we can help trouble in a world where the dead are returning to life the word trouble loses much of its meaning we're running out of time george a romero's land of the dead zombies man they creep me out Or just Land of the Dead. You, you're such a tease. I'm going to sweep so many legs. I know. I, I know this is not anybody else's list, and it's no. It's a really Romero fans really argue about. It. I was trying to think of the right way to say yeah. this. They, they really argue about what happens in it because the zombies in it actually become smart, right? And if you actually go back and see his previous work. And Night of Living Dead is when they first are reanimated, and so they're kind of dumb, and they just attack the living. In Dawn of the Dead, they actually start going back to the places they frequented. That's why it takes place in a mall, and there's zombies in a mall. because, And the zombies in the mall are going into the shopping centers and trying to go in the escalators because they're trying to relive parts of their life. In Day of the Dead, the doctor in it realizes that these zombies still have memories of being alive, 
and in it the main zombie is named Bub, and he was in the military, and he gives salutes. He remembers how to use a razor and listening to music. He can turn the cassette off and on. So in Land of the Dead, it takes place pretty far into the into the zombie apocalypse, and it takes place in Pittsburgh, the Three Rivers City. It's guarded by rivers, and the dead can't get there, and they just close off the other way to get in there through a bridge. And they go into the suburbs around town. This is It's so funny now because this film came out in 2005 and there's so many zombie tropes now that are from this film. And they go out to the towns on the outskirts and the suburbs and they get you know their food and their whatever else they need. And they go back. And they at the beginning of the movie, they all go out there and they go to this one s- suburb and they attack them. And this one big zombie is trying to get the other zombies not to fall for their tricks and then he gets pissed and he leads a horde of zombies to follow him. And so the rest of the film is the zombies learning to use weapons and, you know, don't fall for the fireworks. When the fireworks explode, the zombies will look up allowing the humans to escape. So they're slowly starting to develop this intelligence. And it's not really intelligence because they really can't do it that well, but you know, they're starting to remember their past life. And it's just, it's just the evolution of, zombies that Romero is telling and a lot of people don't like, but I still think it's a really great film. And if people really look at it objectively, I think they'll really enjoy the zombie lore behind it. And it has Simon Pegg and Edgar Ryder in it. Um, they play zombies. Hmm. Just keep an eye out for them. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a different film, but I think it's really well done. That's one where eventually they have like the RV, the armored RV. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. Ori- originally it's supposed to be called dead reckoning because the name of that RV is called dead reckoning. And it's, it's a really interesting theory too, because Simon Baker, who plays the lead guy in it, his theory is he's going to move up to Canada where it's really cold. So the zombies can't really live there because they'll freeze and yeah. not be able to walk. So he just wants to get out of that city because, you know, the, the rich I live really privileged. Dennis Hopper is great in it as, uh, the main villain and King they live Cooper. in a place, huh? As and and he's King Koopa, uh, and pretty much the same character. <laughs> yep. And he has this great line, and I was listening to the commentary, and it was a, years ago, but I, it always stuck out to me because Romero does great commentaries. If you ever get his films, listen to his commentaries, because he'll always talk about what was didn't work and what did. Because there's a shot in it where there's a CGI zombie head, and he's talking, oh, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, but anyways, he, there's a part in it where Dennis Hopper is looking out, and he's looking out his window, and the zombies aren't there yet, but he goes, zombies, they creep me out, man. And he's picking his nose at the same time. And that whole bit was improvised. The line, him picking his nose. It's just really well done. So um, I think people should give it a chance. I think it's a really great film. Yeah, I saw it back in college and I can't remember it well enough to, to judge one way or the other. Yeah, I think if you look at it as his progression through the zombie mythology that he creates, it works really well. Very cool. Because I remember people were having a problem with, like, oh, zombies can use weapons. Well, they really don't use them in them. They're trying to. Yeah, I, yeah. Like at one point, like one of them picks up a gun and like sort of shoots it. Yeah, yeah. They're just trying to figure it out. And again, if you watch Day of the Dead, that's where they're right. evolving to. I don't yeah. know if evolving's the right word, but yeah. So, Land of the Dead is my number seven film. Cool, yes. cool, cool. Six. Uh, my number six um, is a fun little sleeper hit that I saw with my parents. Even though there's a lot of swearing and a little bit of nudity in there, Sweet. Um, I'm on board. Yeah, it's a a really great movie um, that not only um, 
announced maybe the return of uh, of a great actor, but also maybe the return of a great writer. Um, my number six is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Let's go. Hurry up. It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh, boy. Till he opened the door. Oh, no, no, we're not ready for your audition. Just take him, he's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old-school method. Give me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, are you the uh, consultant? If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much, I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. She thinks I'm a detective. Of all the idiot things to do. My sister was murdered. Are you going to help me? I got to check my schedule. Can you help me, Harry? Because you're not going to help me find somebody else. Sometimes I have other... My caseload is is pretty... Thank you. From Shane Black, the creator of Lethal Weapon. Do not play detective. Moron. Go home before the bad guys do something bad to you. Two corpses in three hours. I mean, that's unusual, right? Yes. Comes a mystery. It's a frame up. First things first. Do you have the corpse? I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. Ow. That starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? You put a live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Eight. Who taught you math? Robert Downey Jr. What do you think, I'm stupid? Val Kilmer. Yes, I think you're stupid. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. No, no, no. No, no, no. These lessons suck. Pretty sure James just saw these movies. Six buddies. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty Dude. sure you guys just also like, yeah, let's fuck Ryan over right. his list. <laughs> uh, my next, uh, my no- my number ten is uh, Harry Potter. Uh, no, um, dude, I remember like. This was I the remember... second comeback I was teasing at the beginning of the show. Oh, I, I figured. I, I didn't actually see this in 2005, so. Oh yeah, yeah. I got but... to see. I saw it in theaters with my mom. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, and she loves this movie. By the oh, way, it's great. Movie. Um, just really, really creative. Uh, it's really rare that you get to see a cool, like, I mean, it's a genuine mystery film. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not just like a, it's not just a thriller. In fact, I wouldn't even call it a thriller. It's a comedy mystery. Yeah. Um, there's so many great character beats in it too. I recently rewatched it and there's a part where they find that dead girl in the water and like her, you know, her pants or dress is all up and Robert Downey Jr. does this thing where he like pulls her down to keep her, you know, decent. And it's just really interesting things that, only Shane Black would put in a film. Yeah. Uh, he's a really talented writer and director. He, I'm so glad he finally yeah. got a chance with Iron Man 3. But yeah. uh, this shows up a lot later on my list. Yeah. But it, it's, um, it's, it's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, really cool one. Um, really smart dialogue. Um, I, the one that, that comes to mind, because uh, it, was, it was one that it, – it's, it's a movie with really great dialogue that 
took me a while in certain scenes to actually figure out like what they were saying. Um, so like there's the whole, there's the whole joke that Val Kilmer has about talking money. Um, that the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't even know what he said, but for some reason it was funny. Uh, there's just so many scenes that are, uh, really memorable and fun. And you just really like the chemistry between those two characters. It's a, it's a slam dunk all day long. Like that movie is fantastic. So, and there's also uh, great things too when you know Robert Downey Jr. gets his fingers slammed in the door and they fall off. Oh gosh. His expression is classic. Oh yeah. And he for some reason Robert Downey Jr. what I think makes him a great actor is his expressions. You know what's funny is that I remember my mom being hesitant about that movie mm-hmm. because Robert Downey Jr. was oh, in yeah. it. And so for her she was like afraid that it was going to be sort of sleazy and bad. Um and then of course we went and saw it and we we all walked out and were just like that was awesome. Yeah, it was a movie that, you know, they had to take a chance on him on because oh, yeah. nobody went – I mean, he barely made it back. I mean, he was on in Gothica for 10 minutes and Joel Silver, who produced that, said, I, you know, I'll, I'm putting my career on the line for this because no one would insure him. Yeah. When you become an actor, you have to be insured to finish the film because if you die during production, then they have to figure something out, you know. And it's a, it's a morbid thing to think, but they have lots of money invested in this stuff. Right. And no one would give him an insurance policy, so Joe Silver took one out on him because people were for sure he was going to OD. And when you see him in that film, especially Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he's coming back. Yeah. And, you know, he just needed a second chance. Sometimes people need – well, he had a lot of chances, but sometimes you just need that one more chance to get it right. And he, he crushed this movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. And Gay Perry, who doesn't love um, Gay Perry. And and introduced us to Michelle Monaghan, who I really like, and we yeah. go on to do Mission, Impo- Mission Impossible. Did your mom tell you to cover your eyes? Uh, during when, the nudity yeah. parts? No. When she says, Jamesy, there's some boobs on the screen. No. <laughs> uh, the joke was, you if you see, no. <laughs> My wife does. I think she's the only person who calls you Jamesy. No, there are a particular group of, of, of females from college who use that name, and they're the only ones who are yeah, It's like my niece. I let my niece call me Rai Rai. I don't let anybody else call me Rai Rai. Right. Like, fucking crazy. Fucking punch a dude calls me Rai Rai. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, cool. That was my number six. Oh, and your number six, Brad. Yep. Why do you like Kisses Bang Bang? Yeah, you covered it. Okay. It's It's got a... Like, when you watch it, you just kind of get a sense that it has a personality yeah. that most movies don't have. Like, it has its own brain. Yeah. If that makes sense. And it's it's a cool... Mis- like, the actual mystery, it's when cool you take mystery, a step back, yeah. is, a, is a pretty good one. And um, that last scene with the old man. Oh, and then just the, the thing with the credits. When they roll to the credits, and it's Val Kilmer and uh, Robert Downey Jr. talking to the audience. Mm. And, and Robert Downey Jr. is like, man, that was, a, that was a pretty rough scene there, you know? Like, he he comes in, punches that old man. Like, man, that was, that was pretty rough. <laughs> it's so smart. Huh. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm going to watch it again soon. But I would yeah. recommend yeah. anybody who has a Blu-ray to listen to the commentary with Val oh, Kilmer and oh. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. It's awesome. No, it's, it's one it's of the awesome. best. Yeah. Um, cool. So, Ryan, you're number six. Uh, my number six is another horror film. Cool. Um, I became a fan of this gentleman from this film. And then when I found out who he was and that he's a Colorado native, it got me even more excited about who this gentleman is. Uh, my number six film is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I don't care about my reputation. What I care about is telling Emily Rose's story. Church venerates thee as her guardian and protector. To thee, the Lord has entrusted the souls of the redeemed to be led into heaven. Pray therefore to God of peace to crush Satan beneath our feet. 
Do you understand how long they can put you away for this? I want people to hear what only I can tell. And what is that? What really happened to Emily and why? So she believed that her actual possession began that night at the hospital? I think she did. Emily had epilepsy. Father Moore's beliefs are based on superstition. Did Father Moore ask you to give her any medical help? I couldn't help her. Why couldn't you help her? Because there are no injections against the devil. Emily? Hey. Demons exist whether you believe in them or not. Just be careful, Aaron. There are forces surrounding this trial. Emily, can you hear me? And of course, I'm talking about the great Scott Derrickson, who went on and did Sinister and Deliver Us from Evil, and also did Hellraiser 5. <laughs> but, That's funny. I didn't remember that uh, Emily Rose was one of his, too. That's yeah. Cool. And this was actually the film that allowed him to make Sinister. And he's actually – I was doing a lot of research on him. when Whenever I see a movie I like from the year we're doing a film explosion, I go back and look at the makers and look at their IMDb page. And he's he writes a lot of uh, crime thrillers, too. He wrote The Devil's Knot and – so he's a pretty prolific writer as well. But in, in this film, is it's not your traditional exorcism movie where um, what's cool about Scott Derrickson is he actually takes actual real-life horror elements and he makes them more, obviously, um, cinematic. So in this one, it was, there's, it's a real story about uh, a girl from a foreign country. I forget her name. It's obviously not Emily Rose. But she died while an exorcism was being performed to her from – starvation and dehydration because she wasn't given anything to eat or drink and the father practicing or doing the exorcism on her said she wouldn't do it and so he was charged literally with um death of a like a death of a child through neglect or something Mm -hmm. and so scott derrickson read this story and he said well i'm gonna make a movie about this and what's cool about the movie is you're never really sure is she really possessed is she just psychotic and the movie actually plays out in a courtroom drama and it's told through flashbacks and the film is wonderfully shot, wonderfully acted. Um, it, it's creepy. There's, there's a scene where Emily Rose, it's actually a little snippet of it's the poster and mm-hmm. she's walking out and her, she's blood coming down her hands and her hands are all contorted and she's walking out to this tree and it's all foggy. And yeah, uh, Scott Derrickson's really, really good at creating moods and um, ambiance in his frames. And I, I remember this film just being really, um, different and really sinister and really (laughs) and just different. And I I still, to this day, it's one of my favorite horror films because it's not, it's a horror movie, but it treats it as if it's a real life kind of thing. And it doesn't end happy. I mean, the priest is convicted of letting her die. And some things are left unfinished because there was a sequel, right? (laughs) There's no sequel to isn't there? I Emily there Rose. A, I thought there was. Mm-mm. 
The right. Resurrection of Emily Rose. It's uh, a, there it's there a is comedy. The Last Exorcism, Exorcism and The Last Exorcism too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they try to capitalize on The Exorcism of Emily Rose, but they don't tell the story nearly as well. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and I mean, um, Tom Wilkinson, Wilkerson, Wilkerson, which, which one Wil- is it? Wilkinson. Thank you. Is the priest, and Laura Linney is the attorney. Cool. And yeah, it's just... Jennifer, it's, Jennifer Carpenter is the Jennifer Carpenter is the dead lady, the victim, and it's uh, she's really good in it, and it's just cool because Laura Linney's experiencing things that are they happening? Are they really not happening? Is she being tormented by a demon as well for opening this case? Hmm. It's it, if you haven't seen it, you should really see it. It's it's a pretty scary movie. Cool. And if you get the the Blu-ray, is kind of hard to find, but if you get the Blu-ray, it's unrated. I think it's about seven minutes longer. And it's funny because the unrated part of the Blu-ray is actually just more character development. So I don't know why it's unrated, um, but it's good. So that's my number six. Cool. Uh, my number five um, is probably not on anybody else's list. My number five is Capote. Have you read the article about the killings in Kansas? I think that's what I want to write about. Hello, my name is Truman Capote. I was in Marilyn's apartment just last week. The four Matisses hang on her wall. Two are upside down. <laughs> Kansas Bureau of Investigation, KBI. <laughs> but we're not looking for any inside information. I don't care if you catch whoever did this. I care. Since I was a child, folks have thought they had me pegged because of, you know, the way I talk. They're always wrong. You will be stunned by Perry Smith. Who took care of you as a child? Orphanage. It's as if Perry and I grew up in the same house. He stood up and went out the back door while I went out the front. Guilty. What is the sentence? Death. I think how good my book can be, I can hardly breathe. He'll be dead by September. I'm going to help find you a proper lawyer. Thank you. His brother and his sister killed themselves. Did you tell him your mama did the same thing? If those boys get off, I'm coming to Brooklyn to hunt you down. They're torturing me. He says it's the nonfiction book of the decade. We still haven't talked about that night. What's the name of your book? I can't finish till I know what happens. The world will see you as a monster. I don't want that. I've decided on a title for my book. In Cold Blood. Isn't that good? Um, this is a movie that I out of my list because that movie is not good. Uh, that movie, <laughs> oh, you're so wrong. Um, I I really adored it when I I saw it in either at the Mine or the Esquire. I can't. I I remember being at the theater with my friends. Oh well. Oh no, it was at the Mine. It was upstairs. Um, and just really uh, was was first blown away by the performances in that movie, and and I I really love that script. I think it it takes um. It tells the story of of a writer getting so obsessed with um, with the true story that he is trying to tell um, that he gets so connected to it that it becomes possibly even detrimental to him and and 
his health and 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 even like mental health to some degree um and i just i really loved that movie i think philip seymour hoffman's performance is is fantastic um and it's just it's it's pretty fun to watch i mean he's uh the 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 character is is entertaining and i i think the the script itself is is relatively tight but um yeah i i really love it and think it's totally worth checking out so uh i like philip seymour hoffman in the movie i think the rest of the movie is meh yeah it just never connected with me. Yeah. And I mean, I know a lot of people that love that film, but to me, as I said, oh, well, the performance is good. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't think, at the time, I had read In Cold Blood. I mean, because I, like, I had read it in, in high school. Um, but, I mean, it, this was before I was an English major, so it's not even like there... I mean, obviously, I have some bias towards it, but, um, yeah, there's just some, some something about that story of a, of a writer who who becomes so connected to this guy that, I mean is is a monster yeah. you know um but he's he's trying so hard to to try and figure out what what could make somebody that seems good do something really horrible you know like that juxtaposition is so fascinating mm-hmm. um so yeah i i think it's worth checking out so cool that's my number five bread my number five is war of the worlds so cool repeat that's a good movie <laughs> it's a good movie yeah yeah, yeah. I liked it. It everything we said before, <laughs> really. <laughs> aliens. Yeah. Sounds of aliens. Scary. Um. Uh, visceral. Fairies. 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 Like, no, like the barges, like the fair when they fairy. Oh. <sighs> Listen to our conversation. Just being you, I assumed it was gay stuff. You're the worst. <laughs> Hey, just oh, you, no, you no, mean that no, because no, of the, no, no. you mean that because of the Truman Capote conversation? Yep. Right. What's your number five? Uh, my number five is actually the last film I have on here that no one else has talked about. So. Oh no! Yeah, you guys are assholes. We're the care. worst. Um, uh, can we can we say it for you then? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, what do you think it is? Dawn uh, of the Dead. No. No, that's it, not, that's that 2005. I don't think it is the last one. We, oh, you're right. So oh, before. oh, wait, yeah. no, this is the year for. Oh, so it's not what I think it is. Um, I was gonna say Harry Potter, but this this was Goblet of Fire year, which is not one of uh, the best ones. Half Blood Prince, I think actually. No, it's Goblet of Fire. It's Goblet of Fire. Yeah, uh, it is not Harry Potter, but wow, I cool. mean, I, I did like that film. Uh, this film is made by a gentleman who just recently broke through. Um, in in nerd circles, he's very very popular. He made. Two great TV shows. He did write a script for a movie that was, was never picked up and was changed at the last second for him. Right, this is you getting me back. And so he made another f- show for Fox that was never let play out. And the show was called Firefly. Yeah. The movie is called Serenity. Hands and knees and head bowed down. Everybody down. This is a robbery, but what we're after is not yours. Listen up! We're coming down to empty that vault! You have to give me your authorization password! Okay! This is the captain. We may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I don't want to explode. So here's us, on the raggedy edge. Come a day there won't be room for naughty men like us to slip about at all. I'm taking your sister under my protection here. She's conditioned for combat. 
She's a creature of extraordinary grace. The only people she's a threat to is us on this boat. River, do you want to stay with them? It isn't safe for them. Every minute you keep her from me, more people will die. You think I care? Of course you can. The Alliance has gone to enormous trouble to find a little friend. You'll know what it is you're carrying. Do you know that girl? I really don't. It's worse than you know. It usually is. So where is it writ that we gotta lay down our lives for her? You wanna run this ship? Yes. Well, you can't. No more running. I am to misbehave. It's a fair bet the Alliance knows it's coming. No, they're not gonna see this coming. Do you really think any of us are gonna get through this? Well, I might. This is gonna get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all gonna die? No, yes. no. Yes. The universe is gonna know the truth. You're willing to die for that? I am. That's ready. Is your number five? Is number five. <laughs> Never talk about it. No, it's awesome. Mm. It's a it's a fun movie. It's basically um, like a cowboy movie in space. Yeah, it's cowboys versus zombies, zombies in space kind of things. And there's that yeah. sweet scene at the end where they're all fighting the zombies and oh, the, man. But it's really it, the thing that Joss Whedon. If people didn't pick that up, uh, Joss Whedon. Everything that you love about Joss Whedon is in this picture. Yep. Uh, great character moments. It's funny. It's heartbreaking. Every time Serenity crashes, it gets me. Yeah. Um, the film is just really well done. Yeah. And it's a shame. I You know, going through – I always go off Box Office Mojo because it's the easiest list to find all these films. Um, and that I saw that this was the 100th highest grossing film of the year oh, kind man. of broke my heart. It's, it's just – it's interesting that this film never caught on. It's such a tight, awesome script that, like, I know so many people who who got into Joss Whedon as a whole because of the, that movie that yep. it it seems unbelievable that that movie didn't do better. Um, it's one of the so, movies I've bought four times, I think. Yeah, me too. Because I bought the DVD, didn't come with anything. Then they had a special edition DVD that I bought. Mm-hmm. And then the Blu-ray came out with nothing, and then they finally put the everything on the Blu-ray. So yeah, four times I think I bought it. I've bought um, I bought three versions of the DVD, and I think three versions of the Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I've on Blu-ray I've owned it twice, and then the Steelbook. See, I missed the Steelbook, and that's when I was like, uh, I want yeah, the Steelbook. The Steelbook is just the normal Blu-ray and the Steelbook, but I still bought it anyway because well, I will good. buy every release of that movie. You know, yeah. And it's a fun movie. You know, it's yep. It, there's no really big stars in it, but all those people, I guess you could say Nathan Fillion is a pretty big star. He now is now because yeah. you know, um, it's castle and then Marina Baccarin is on, um, um, oh shoot. What's that showtime show? Um, Homeland. Um, oh, I mean, right. every, a lot of people have gone on. Yeah, I, mean, I would argue that Alan Tudyk is, is like pretty famous. Yeah. I, yeah. Point. I mean, at the time though, I mean, they didn't, it's just, you know, yeah. his buddies and is interesting because I love this interview we did with, George's Jaunty last year where we, he talks about drawing Serenity and the comic book and yeah. continuing the story and, you know, him studying the ship. And when he said that it, after it made me go back and watch the movie again, I said, oh, well, did he notice this part where the, you know, the steering wheel is or uh, yeah, it's, yeah. 
I mean, it was it was meticulously designed. It was. And it's so cool because when you think about, you know, when you think about Star Trek or, you know, Serenity, when you shoot it, you have to remember those moments or those areas in the in the ship because Mm -hmm. a ship is a character. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like when the ship crashes and people die, it's it's sad. Yeah. Because not only the person, but, you know, the ship. And and that's why the comic series Leaves on the Wind is really great. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Leaves on the Wind is great. Um, yeah, it, it's a fantastic, fun movie that anyone should see because and, it's cool. And like I said, it has all the hallmarks of Joss Whedon now. It's funny. It's clever. dramatic. It's sad. It's clever. Yeah. It's everything that, as a movie fan, I want a movie to be. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's my number five is Serenity. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. As someone who didn't watch the show, um, going into it, I was lost. I didn't understand or feel connected to the characters. So maybe that's why I didn't do so well. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to put that thought on hold. So, <laughs> uh, my number four is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, All right. which we've already talked about. Um, yeah, like I said, I, more then. I, I was a big fan of the book. Um, and I think the movie's really fun and just has a lot of really memorable things in it that uh, this is another one that, man, my mom liked a lot of movies this year. Um, this was one that like my mom never read the book, but she, even now she, she will reference the, when they get to the Vorgon planet and, or the Vogon planet. And there's that, like, I assume it's some kind of plant that basically, if you have an original thought, will slap you in the face, like really fun and things like that, that were just, um, great made for great scenes on, on, in in the theater, so um, I think it's a it's a really fun movie that people should check out. So, uh, Brad, your number four. My number four is finally one that we haven't talked yet about yet. Ooh, my number four is Munich. Good afternoon. I'm speaking to you live just outside the Olympic Village in Munich, West Germany. At this moment, eight or nine athletes of the Israeli team are being held prisoner. These guerrillas are a group called Black September. Commandos have automatic weapons on the hostages. A deal had been made. Now the Israelis have disappeared. Massive security force. in front of it. The Arabs have <laughs> They're all gone. Every civilization finds it necessary to negotiate compromises with its own values. We want to ask you, will you undertake a mission? You will have to leave the country and your family. I can't live with refusing this. We have 11 Palestinian names. Each had a hand in planning Munich. You're going to kill them, one by one. We deposit money into a box that doesn't exist. 200,000 for one name. Am I alone? You'll have four others. They know useful things like documents, cars, cleanup. He gets in the bed, his weight arms the device. I give the signal by switching off the light. It's strange. You think of oneself as an assassin. Think of yourself as something else, then. What's wrong? It should have exploded by now. We found three more names for you. You know how many laws we've broken? You take up the phone. 
we hit the remote. Hello. Hello. We're supposed to be righteous. I lose that. That's, that's my soul. Tell Papa, don't forget my voice. You think you can outrun your fears, your doubts? A good one i knew somebody badass. would have that on their list that was one that i was teetering with because i haven't seen it since we watched it together oh you didn't put it anywhere on your no channel? and yeah. i have it sitting wrapped on my shelf on blu-ray it's and not, i keep on meaning to it's not on my list either that's cool but yeah no yeah, it's, a, it's a great it, movie it's a great movie i just yeah. didn't feel like i could put it on there because the one time i watched it we were doing a commentary in quote <laughs> unquote and so uh, i remember it being badass yeah that's why it's on my list it's <laughs> it's like intense like like normally, I guess historical things aren't usually like. Uh, was this like a? It's not a dramatization. It's what a. What's the word? Um, it's a not fictionalization. A it's I a, guess yeah. Yeah. Of a real event. Like, Dra- dramatization really is the is I think probably what you mean, but yeah. That's why I was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what anyway. about that last scene where they're on the boat? And they shoot that chick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, a... And they shoot that chick. Like, if it wasn't for Spielberg, um, I probably wouldn't have gone to see, like, a historical Mm. movie. Yeah. That isn't, like, a documentary. Yeah, because fuck history. Yeah. Um, (laughs) About (laughs) about Germany. (laughs) Um, In Israel. Yeah. Um, But, and it's like, it's like this two and a half hour movie. It's super intense and... Um, just great acting performances from everybody. Um, you know, like the, it's also the glimpse inside of life of like an assassin, like how isolated it becomes. Like, I think for most of the movie, like he gives up his family or something to like, just do this just because a bunch of other like super religious people ask him to. Yeah. And it becomes a, you know, what is it worth? Yeah, know, because how yeah, much is revenge worth? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, it's sad what happened to the Israeli athletes, but Eric Bana's character kind of loses his own humanity in it because it becomes just about revenge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were joking about the last scene, but after it's done, you kind of see uh, what, what do I do now? I've done everything, I've lost everything, and I got to look over my shoulder for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it. The only reason it's not on my list probably is because I I don't think I've seen it since two thousand five. Um, which is, is too bad. I need to watch it again. Yeah. Cause yeah, I listen to you guys talk about it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't remember any of this. Like I need to watch that. Yeah. It's, it's like really just a hardcore watch. Like it's intense. Like it's there's a shocking list. stuff you, in you it. You have to be in the mood to watch it. Because... Uh, there's some great, like direction and sequences in it. Like for just espionage, like there's just great shots and stuff. Like, yeah, and too, you know, the reason I haven't watched it since I got it on Blu-ray is because I watched The Color Purple and Out of Africa, and when I got it, I'm like, man, I don't know if I can do another two and a half hour long drama about sad shit. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like two and a half hours. No, 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 so... no, no, no. Spielberg has a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. Like, between Color Purple, this, and Schindler's List, like, and Amistad, there's like, oh my <laughs> yeah. god, just really long movies that are depressing as shit. Yeah, and all of his friends get picked off, like, along yeah. the way, like, yeah. really horrible ways, yeah. Yeah, I gotta watch it. I'm gonna watch that this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah. I'm conflicted, because, like, I really want the Blu-ray, but the DVD set I have is so, like, I got the yeah. premium one, it's so much nicer. Except for the video quality. Yeah, the video quality is the only... Because, I mean, they ported yeah. all over the f- over all the features, but... 
Yeah, the Blu-ray is just a yeah, jewel I mean, case. Yeah, I have it. It's just a, a jewel case with the like movie poster Yeah, that says nominated for five Academy Awards. But beat out by Crash. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the 2005 film of the year was um, Million Dollar Baby, I think. No, it was Crash. Uh, no, that, was no. it Crash? Uh, that's, so the Oscars that were done in 2005 oh, okay, yeah, were yeah. the seven. Yeah, were 2006. Four, Oscars, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So technically it's 2006's Oscars for yeah. the year 2005. Yeah, it's dumb. Um, what are we on? Are we on five? Four. Four. Uh, my number four is one we've talked about already. Um, my number four is Batman Begins. And uh, I mentioned that it's just it was a return to a character that uh, I like Batman. I'm not the biggest Batman fan, though, but I do like when Batman is challenged. And I finally thought that he was they, they told a story the right way, because my biggest qualm with, well, one of them with the 1989 Batman is I don't think they told a story right. It's, it's like a Tim Burton stylized version of Batman. And in Batman Begins, his origin makes more sense to me. And it's more badass because he's fighting Liam Neeson on the side of a mountain and on yeah. a, like in a frozen lake. Yeah. And, um, but it, it's cool because it too, it has a really big misdirection where everybody who reads Batman knows Raza Ghoul and they, he's more than one person in the film. Right. Um, you know, it's, it trips me out because in the Arkham games, uh, Kevin, I should have asked him this when I was doing his panel. Because he pronounces it Raisha Ghoul, and then everybody else says Raza Ghoul. Mm. So I don't know what the proper pronunciation of that character is. Yeah. It's like Caribbean and Caribbean. I mean, what is it? <laughs> so um, I, I should. I, I, next time I have a Batman person, I'm going to That would be an awesome it. question. Like, yeah, that would really be. should ask that. I know. I gotta, yeah, if we have a Batman person. Because up until Batman Begins, like I understood his Raish, and when they said it as mm-hmm. Raz, I was like, that's. Yeah. I know they're talking directly to DC Comics, yeah. so I guess. Didn't but they always... did they not see the animated series? Yeah. Did they say Rosh in, in the animated series? I thought they said. Rish, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's. I, it's one, I can't believe I didn't remember to ask that question, but it's one of those ones that always have, like, tripped me out throughout Batman's lore because, you know, you read it one way, then it's said another, and then people say it a different way all the time, so I don't know. But it, it, it's a. And I love. The part where he's he's fighting uh, Reza Ghoul on the subway, and he's uh, says, "I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you." To me, that's a Batman. You know, he's just he's yeah. letting him wallow in what he did. You know, it's it's just a cool movie. You know, it's funny at the time, like that's as controversial as know, right? Superman oh. snapping Zod's neck. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I remember just... sitting in the theater going, "Like, wait." This doesn't make sense. Like he would say, like he's still killing him. <laughs> right. That's not a Batman thing to do, but okay, I'll go with it. Yeah. But to me, that's, it makes sense in that world. And I think, and that movie actually helped too the Batman comic book because, you know, they're always trying to make it dark and, oh, I'm Batman and bleh, so sad. But, my you know, parents are dead. <laughs> yeah, my parents are dead. And I mean, how many times do you have to tell that story? You know, Dead parents. Night, when I watch that Dark Knight Returns Blu-ray, I'm like, really? You're going to fucking rehash this again? Frank Miller style. Um, but yeah, the movie is really cool. And I always thought the Scarecrow was a pretty scary villain. Yeah. And it works choice. really well on screen. Well, especially when you have Killian Murphy doing it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I loved it. And it got me excited for Batman in a way I haven't ever been excited for Batman on screen. I remember when the, uh, when the credits rolled or right before the credits rolled and they did the Joker thing. And I was like, that's oh, really like, I don't know. 
you're gonna have to go back and do the Joker again. I remember feeling that way really? in the theater. Yeah, and then of course now I look at it and go like, oh shit. But to me, I I loved, I love to this day still love love the animated series, and yeah, I I'm always the person like really the Tim Burton stuff I don't like at all. No, I, there's some things. I mean, I own the Blu-rays and stuff, and I still haven't watched the first one. <laughs> but well, the Waltz of Death is real good. There's moments, but then when I saw Batman Begins, it got me excited for Batman again. I said, oh. Yeah, I remember the animated series, and it was cool. Agreed. And this one's badass. Did you guys see the new Man Bat action figure from the animated series? No. Oh, it's so fucking sweet. I saw the Joker and Robin at Trademark today. Andrew was showing it to me when I was at the comic store. And it's the same price as the Joker and Robin, but its wingspan is like two feet long. And oh, it's wow. in a box that's like... You remember the boxes where you used to get like trucks in them and it had like the long trailer? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. in a box like that. And it's freaking awesome it looks just like the cartoon um i'm guessing this isn't going to stay on shelves very long because it's so cool and and when i was at the comic store i'm like oh andrew i want one he's like oh i've already sold them all like people have were calling him to get that man bat so if you see the man bat i definitely would recommend picking it up if you're a fan and that's one of my favorite batman that's way off topic but one of my favorite two-parters from the animated series which ironically was the pilot or the first one they showed on TV. I don't know if it was the actual first one that they finished. But. Yeah, I think it was the first one they showed on TV. They did air them out of order. Yeah. So it was great. Uh, yeah, so that's my number four. And introduced cool. the world to Christian Bale. Um, so my number three, um, I guess I'll tell. Oh, man, this toy is really cool. Oh, that looks awesome. Right? Um, Told you. <laughs> uh, my number three is, I, I sort of um, mentioned, yeah, you, you mentioned this it, right? earlier. <laughs> Um, was is a is a movie that I I remember seeing at the at the at the Esquire. We were upstairs, and this was a movie that I went and saw like with my friends. It was early in the um, at a, early in the time when I was just getting into going and seeing indie movies in theaters. And uh, this was one that I I saw it, and it was so well written and so interesting and different that I then had to follow this director in every movie that he made, um, which was a very, very fruitful decision in my life and will continue to be when he gets to make some Star Wars movies. My number three is Brick. Brendan? Emily? I really screwed up. Screwed up how? The Brick. What? I, I didn't know it was bad, but the pin's on it now. You gotta help me. Slow down now. This isn't good? No. Emily said words I didn't know. Tell me if they catch. Brick? No. Tug? Tug might be a drink. Like milk and vodka. Pin? You know the kingpin. Dope runner, right? Big time. What are you gonna do? She asked for my help. I just wanna know she's okay. So what's first? I'm gonna start shaking things up. Sir, never seen him. And he just hit you. They asked for my lunch money first. Good thing I brown bagged it. You're coming into a certain situation. It's twisted. I'm looking for Emily. He left her. Yeah, I did. You better be sure you want to know what you want to know. Complicated. Everyone's got their thing. When the upper crust does shady deeds. They've got symbols, so they can tell each other that we're getting around. Coffee and pie. Coffee and pie? Oh, my. Keep up with me now. 
a cigarette? I don't smoke. I've seen you smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes. I thought we had orange juice. I'm sorry. Water's fine, ma'am. Thanks. Oh, wait a minute. We have apple juice. It's country style. If I get to the bottom, whatever this is. What do you want? Just to see you sweat. And it gets too hot. You got a discipline issue with me? Write me up or suspend me. I see that you're trying to help her. And I don't know anybody who would do that for me. You are dangerous. I set out to now put her on the spot. And put her in front of the gun. There's not much chance of coming out clean. Um, uh, I, I have a hard no, time. Who's the director of this? Uh, Ryan Johnson. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so I, I still remember the credits rolling and just being so blown away by the dialogue in this movie. It is so smartly written. Um, and how again, about the chase scene where it's literally just people running? Oh gosh, like it's <laughs> one of the coolest chase sequences I've ever seen. The sound design in it trips me out yeah. every time. And the payoff is so smart. Like that's yeah. the thing. This script is so smart like it's unbelievable um that not only to have like like there are plenty especially now there are plenty of indie filmmakers who um when they have a movie they throw enough style into it that they can make a lot of stuff just really cool looking um but that chase sequence it's not just the way that brendan's running it's not the shots that he's using it's not the steady cam stuff it's not the like the angles or anything like that it's not the sound design it's also that payoff where mm-hmm. where Brendan is so smart that he can come around the stoke corner, take his shoes off, and turn right around and trip that guy and probably fucking kill him, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, there's just so many cool, memorable moments for, the, for, for me in this movie that it was one that for years after this I was always recommending. I think I've owned it a couple of times on DVD because I would lend it out to people and, and not get it back and not really care. I'd just go buy another copy because <laughs> I was like, okay, not a big deal. Did they ever put um, this out on Blu-ray? They did, yeah. Uh, I have like a – it's a – it might be a Canadian release or something because I think it's, it's like an English and French mm. case. Um it's also now signed by Ryan Johnson. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Right. Along with my ticket stub to see Brick. I had that. I had him sign that too. And he drew the little A from, from really? Brick on it. Yeah. Um, it, the, the movie is just so dang cool. Um, and it's not just a, a really great noir uh, mystery film. The mystery is on its own would be great. But yeah. it's also really melancholy and beautiful mm-hmm. and... Um and fun to watch. I mean the the scenes between uh between Brendan and Brain and they're like them like trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, it's just so cool. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those movies that's it, it's it's a it's a mystery written in that old style where you actually are getting all the players and getting little cute clues along the way. Where later on. They're gonna show you little things that'll remind you, like, oh, that's the same cigarette as was there. What does that mean? Like, I don't quite understand what that means. And if you were a little bit smarter, you could have figured out exactly what that means. Or, or maybe you did. Um, just a really cool movie uh, that's just so worth your time. Um, it's, it's one that, yeah, you know, of course, like I said, I 
as soon as it was over, I, I remember just waiting impatiently for Brothers Bloom, um, or just at that time, whatever his next movie was going to be. But when, when I found out what it was going to be, I was like, oh, man, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to see it opening. I saw Brothers Bloom two or three times in theaters, and I was so excited for it because of how much I adored Brick. Uh, because anybody who's going to be this creative, especially on their first try, and put something together that is so tight, I, I, I got to see what you're going to do next. Isn't it interesting when directors are, uh, make a name for themselves on their first movie? Yeah. You, you know right away when they're going to be big. And that, that's what was so fun. And I think it's part of why this movie holds a special place for me is that that was one of the first times where I was – because I was getting into to independent film – that was my chance to do it, right? Was to to come across a, a little movie like that, and then fall. And I've done it a number of times now, but um, but to come across a little movie like that, and then follow that that talent um, to whatever they were going to do next. Um, I mean, it's kind of like with with uh, uh, Scott Derrickson, right? Mm-hmm. Like you 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 see somebody make a movie, and you go like, okay, this is a guy who is starting to get his footing, and. I think he's going to do something really special. I'm going to keep an eye on this because I, I think um, he's got something to tell me. And, and you know, in, in mine, you know, it's Derrickson. Yeah. But also Sam Raimi, you know, you see somebody yeah, who absolutely you just tell it like right away. He's an inventive filmmaker. Right. And you know, I saw brick after looper because you told me about it Yeah, and you can see that on a micro budget, he knows how to make a movie right. and tell the story. Well, I mean, right. there's parts, you know, when they're trying to figure out, the mystery and they're just shots of him in the drainage area that are just so cool and just it's just a, a, a really cool movie it's not i don't love it as much as you do but and a wicked sense of humor too oh, yeah. like or just not wicked but like bizarre especially in that movie where there's there's scenes like when the kingpin comes to pick him up at school and and it's his mom's van and he gets into his he gets into the kingpin's mom's van his mom's driving the van They've uh, taken all the seats out, again. but there's like a there's like a little there's a little side table with this lamp in the in the car, and it's shaking the whole time. You're like, this shit is going on. Like it's it's some high school or like young college age kid trying to turn his mom's van into basically like a a moving seventies office. Like it's <laughs> so bizarre. I gotta see um, that movie again. I only saw it yeah. once. It's just I just remember you know the chase scene. Yeah, mostly and yeah, uh, yeah. It's a cool movie. Yeah, it's he has, really a, great. He has a great voice. I remember cool. sitting watching it, being like, "Wait, is this just a crime noir with kids?" Yes, <laughs> saying adult dialogue. It's like it's like it's like is Maltese it like Jones. It's like Maltese Falcons meets the Muppet Babies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brad, you're number three. All right, my number three is one we haven't talked about yet. Just double checking. Um, my number three is Sin City. Can't do a thing to me, Hardigan. 
There'll be a rest. There'll be death. Nothing can stop this. Time to prove to your friends that you're worth a damn. We'll fight the cops and the mob. We'll go to war. This isn't some barroom, bro. This is bad days. The all or nothing days. They're back. Big mistake yourself. A hard top with a decent engine and make sure it's got a big trunk. I didn't know you were such list. a big fan of Sin City. No, it's not. Well, uh, 2005, it kind of, obviously, A Dame to Kill For was like, oh, we've seen this before, but when it came out in 2005, it was kind of a, a, a new look at how closely you could make a movie look like a comic book. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I very think it succeeded true. very well. Yeah. Um, it was also my uh, first lesson in uh, If Your Girlfriend... Uh, says she wants to see a movie with you. Don't go with your friends to see it first without her. <laughs> so I still do that with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've got her locked up. So. Yeah, eventually you'll find a girl who's she'll get mad at you for like a second, then she won't care. Yeah, the uh... it didn't work out. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> so it rightfully so. The... She can't handle if she was, to see movies without her. If she was that big of a fan of Sin City, you're probably okay. Um, the she wasn't. That's the thing. Is like <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark movie, and yeah, I, it was I, cool. I really love the performances in it. Yeah, mm. it's a. It, it took me a little while to really appreciate it. I remember I I went and saw it with my brother. Um, and it was it, it was a sometime when like my parents were out of town, and so we were like, oh, we'll go see Sin City. Like that sounds you know some cool thing. And like I was seventeen or whatever, and so um. And so, like, that was the, the edgy thing. It's like, oh, I mean, I'm 17. I could go see the movie. But, like, like me and my brother were going to go see some movie while my parents were gone that was, you know, was our version of getting drunk and having our, all our friends over because we were, like, the lamest kids ever. Um, and I remember we saw it. We drove back home. And we were just kind of, like, unsatisfied. So we turned around, went back, and watched Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> again, uh, which was probably the third time I saw it in theaters. Um, just cause we wanted like something more fun to, to go to bed with than watching Sin City. Um, then, it, you know, after I'd seen it a, a couple more times and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. But that first time was kind of disturbing. Hmm. Um, so. It wasn't for me. It was like. Just cool. Stylish and cool and. Yeah. That's when. Creative. That's before Robert Rodriguez was a hack. <laughs> Agreed. Because in that movie, you can tell he's having fun. You know, the, I think my biggest problem with a dame to kill for where there's ideas that are really cool. It seems like he was bored. Like yeah. the movie's boring. And he's only really doing a third of it. Cause yeah. Tarantino and Miller did the other two thirds of it. Um, didn't, did Miller really do sections of the first one? I know Tarantino did, but maybe, uh, Miller did the rod, like joint did the Rodriguez mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah. You know, the Blu-ray has a cool feature on it where you can watch it without the... Miller, Miller sections? Uh, no, that'd be awesome. But you can do it without the computer enhancements, so it's just basically green screen. So it's a really interesting way to watch the film. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I might but yeah you know, the, I do remember how cool the stylized violence was. Yeah. Because, you know, it did look like a comic. Yeah. For sure. Whether it's cutting off someone's wiener or whatever it is, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. I do like this film. Yeah, it's good. It's a good choice. Don't uh, lie. No. <laughs> you hate choice. No, it's not bad. Um, Ryan, what's your number three? Uh, I forget. One we've already talked about. <laughs> it is one we've talked about. I'm so sorry. That's the worst. Uh, it's good night and good luck. Oh. So... Oh. Yeah, I didn't see this until I did my Robert Downey Jr. run, um, but I really enjoyed the film. I think I talked about I just love the performances in it. I love when Clooney just lets actors be actors. Um, I mean, something's going on in the movie, but it's nothing, you know, that's, you know, there's aliens invading. There's no ticking time bomb. Yeah, it's yeah. no ticking Subtle. time bomb. It's just drama. Yeah. And all of the actors in it are in their A game. I mean, they're all great in it. So, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that movie. James, number two. Um, so my number two is a movie we haven't talked about. Um, it's a it's a movie that I I'm not nominating it for its extended edition, but its extended edition is also really good. Um, my number two is Kingdom of Heaven. Be without fear in the face of your enemies. Safeguard the helpless, even if it leads to your death. That is your oath. Rise a knight. Rise a knight. What becomes of us? The world will decide. The world always decides. A new world. A better world than has ever been seen. There, you are not what you were born. But what do you have it in yourself to be? A kingdom of conscience. Peace instead of war. Love instead of hate. That is what lies at the end of crusade. For what? 
for the strength to endure what is to come. Um, See, I would have put it on my list if I was going to have the extended edition. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> I think the extended edition is way better. Uh, I do think the extended edition is better. It's also four hours long, yeah, which makes awesome. it, which is a pretty huge hurdle Like for if you just want to sit down and, and watch a fun movie. like Because um, I remember showing it to my mom and, and like not remembering it was four hours long. And I, we like kill, it, it killed our whole day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely um, have to be in the mood. But yeah. Uh, what I think is uh, – you can talk about it, then I'll talk about it. Yeah, so I – the reason that this one's there, um, for one, I, I think it's a badass movie. I think it, it tells a really cool story. It's it's beautifully made, uh, um, especially if you are going to talk about the extended edition. I think it's got some really awesome stories in it, some really interesting character beats, um, especially Eva Green's whole story in the extended edition is radically different and, and fascinating. Um, all the performances I think are really good and probably underrated to be completely honest. I think Edward Norton especially is really, really great considering the fact that you never see him. Um, uh, but the truth is that the reason this movie stands out for me is that at the time, um, like religiously I looked at this movie and, and I was in a place where I, I didn't quite know where I felt I was. Um, and and bizarrely enough, this movie that ostensibly is an action movie actually spoke to me on some pretty deep levels and helped me figure out what things I could what things I could deal with and what things I could accept, could accept on a, on a faith level and what things I couldn't. Um, specifically, like from the idea of a church, um, and so there there are these really fantastic messages in that movie that I think were um fundamental for me um specifically there are, there is this scene when um when they've they've gone through the first day of battle and they've got all of these bodies and Balian piles them all up and they're going to burn the bodies and the priest runs out and says like no 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 like if you if you burn the bodies like they'll they won't rise on the third day and blah 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 and it's all this like just bullshit that like nobody gives a shit about and Balian turns to him and goes like no, like, okay, it, we they will spread disease. They're dead bodies. And he's like, no, you can't do this. And he's like, look, if, like, if God, like, if God actually cares about this, then he's not God, and we don't need to worry about it. And it's just this wonderful moment where you're like, wow, this guy's way smarter than all of these people who are so obsessed over religion, which is part of the the whole premise of the movie, where you have these people who believe that the ground itself is holy and are willing to fight and die over it and then you have this one guy in the middle who's kind of who's the the rational person who's like none of this makes any sense mm. um especially coming out of that first scene when um oh no they that's in the extended edition yeah. right the 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 movie starts with yep. his wife being killed yep. um and you find out why um and then they behead her and then he they tell her him like oh well you know because she was whatever whatever the reason is why why she was killed i forget but um because they behead her she's going to hell she can never she can never go to heaven and he just he just slaughters his own brother who's a priest and you're like holy shit like 
you take that character and then throw him into the Crusades and his take on the rationale behind this horrible thing that people are choosing to do is really fascinating. Um, and the story of that struggle for who he is as a man and who he, who he believes that he should be, um, is really cool. Um, especially when you then play him with the King of Jerusalem, Edward Norton's character, um, you know that that line about a king may move a man is just very well, memorable. And too, it, it, it's it's so timely too because that area is still being you know disputed over. Yeah, and you're watching the film, and when it ends, and then they have a little thing and say, "Oh, this isn't even the end of the Crusades." And yeah, I think, a, it, I think it ends with a thing saying like the like the Middle East or, or Israel has still never seen a year without war. Yeah, and it's like since this time, and, and it's pretty fascinating when you realize that people are laying their life on the line continuously for a piece of land that it's not even a terribly beautiful place. That, that's the thing is yeah. you can sit there. It, it's just because the religions are fighting over a piece of land that no one really knows right. because the Christians are fighting where the place where Christ died. The Muslims are fighting. That's where Muhammad ascended to heaven. Yeah. It, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. One's right, one's not. <laughs> but you're fighting over a piece of land that will never ever be. It'll never be the same. It, it'll like never those, be the same. Yeah, it's, the, those people that you are so, that you think are so important are not fucking there. That's what I'm saying, and, um, and that's why I think the ending's yeah. so powerful is because you're watching it and you're like, oh, they finally did it. Oh wait, this isn't even the end of this right. <laughs> Well, thousand no, not, years, thousands even, of years cause, struggle. Because Balian loses. Balian yep. chooses to save all the people. And then Richard the Lionhearted rides by and is like, hey, where's Balian? I want to take him to the Crusades. And you're like, no, don't yeah, fucking do this again. That's like, what, what I mean. It, it's just it's a vicious cycle that still yeah. continues to stay. And it, I think that's why the movie is good, so good is because it's you're still living it today. Yeah. I mean, obviously not with the Christians, but – no, two I mean, two people fighting to, over to a it. lot of degree you are yeah right? I mean yeah. two people fighting over a, a strip of land right where there's a ter- interpretation of their religion that goes there and who you can't I think it's just for the conflict I don't know if you could ever actually prove any of those ever happened right. there and it's just about right. the conflict and the conflict will never be resolved I think is an interesting point for the movie because in a movie you expect it to have a resolution. But they do something really clever or really smart and say, well, no, there is no resolution to this movie because right. it's still happening today. It's it's really fascinating. Yeah. And, and um, the, the movie's story is told really well. And and a, and a really interesting uh, like historical piece as well because when you take things mm-hmm. like uh, Eva Green's story, um, which has nothing to do with the actual war, um, which spoilers for the extended edition, <laughs> but there's this whole section about – right, because her – her brother has leprosy. Mm-hmm. Um, the king of Jerusalem has leprosy, and she's pretty terrified of it. And um, it ends up being revealed in the extended edition that her son does too. And there's this whole subplot where she ends up killing her own son, poisoning her son, um, right before they they lose the city. And it's just a fascinating look at how how difficult even even the rich people's lives were at that time yeah. um and just what a horrible world it was to live in um i think it's a as cool as gladiator is and as concise and and well structured as that movie is um this is one with i i think a lot more subtlety and a lot more to say um 
that that I actually end up enjoying quite a bit more. I agree. Um, I, I tell everybody they should pick up the Ultimate Edition Blu-ray. That yeah. I mean, it literally just came out. I think last november yeah but it has all three cuts of the film on it it has the theatrical extended and then i haven't even seen the third cut of the film yeah i haven't either which is i think different music or i don't even remember but, i'm not sure uh but it, you should definitely pick it up so you can compare the two and see why the extended edition is far and, superior and the action scenes are really cool <laughs> well, yeah. like the 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 fight scene in the woods right after he leaves yeah. his home um and then all of the battles are just fucking epic it's if i could really say one cool. thing about ridley scott that he does maybe better than anybody else is putting the camera in the right spot yeah. and making action scenes really visceral. And yeah. Like you feel like you're stuck in the war. That's yeah. why I think, you know, the ending too is so hardcore is because you're like, Oh fuck, they're going to do this again yeah, and again and again and again and again. Right. And, uh, it's, it's an interesting take and he's just a great filmmaker. So I also get a little bit teary eyed because there's a, he gives his big rousing speech and he knights this kid and then, and then that same jackass priest is like, "Does making a man a knight really make him a better fighter?" And Balian turns around and goes, "Yes." <laughs> and you're just like, "Fuck yeah. yeah, fuck yeah, it does." Um, Go Orlando Bloom. So good. Yeah, seriously. Uh, anyway, Kingdom of Heaven, my number two. Brad, what's your number two? After all that talking did about Kingdom of Heaven, all I remember is like, yeah, I saw it in the theater and it was boring. <laughs> you ass. Uh, my number two is not one we've talked about yet. Ah. It is also dealing with religion. It's the Chronicles of Narnia. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> you should have seen awesome. it. Ryan put his hand up to his forehead. He's like, fainted. <gasps> I do declare. Yeah. <laughs> no, my number two is waiting. Hey there, Natasha. How's my favorite minor doing today? I'm only a minor for another week. Good answer. There's a time in life when you almost have it all figured out. Did I just wake up and realize I'm a loser? Yeah, man. I want to be a teacher, you know, an electrical engineer, you know, anything. Hey, could you put down the ice pick? But until then, all you can do is wait. Everybody get funky. Is everything prepared okay? How about some dessert? How would you like your steak prepared? The five-second rule! The five-second rule! Two, three! <laughs> and we almost had to switch to the ten-second rule. Most of the guys that work here like to play this little game. Yes. You know the object, right? I mean, if they could have the other guy look at you. The brain! Ah. No girl would ever play that game. Why not? Because of this! Oh! Ah! Oh, God! It's so angry! This fall. All right, man. Zero hour is upon. Serve it up. You enjoyed having sex with me. Once we got past foreplay, you turned into the little engine that couldn't... Oh, what the... Dish it out. You don't get out front and start doing some work, I'm gonna fire you faster than you can say yo MTV raps. But never... This steak is medium rare. How hard is your job? Send it back. I'm gonna get this fixed for you right away. Let's go, Tim. The first thing we do is we add a little extra gravy to the mashed potato. Oh, God. Followed by a little garlic salt. And that's what I was talking about. Oh, me. Lionsgate Films presents a comedy about an eight-hour day. We are not having sex in the bathroom. Come on. Okay. <laughs> and a lifetime of memories. We need birthday singer. Yeah! Pass 
happy birthday to you! Yay! Waiting. I hope you enjoyed everything. I know I did. <laughs> Remember wow. waiting, you guys? Yeah. Man. Um, back when Dane Cook was popular. And <laughs> yeah. It's not really about him. He's just a side character in this movie about... I mean, it was part of the, what made him popular, yeah. as I remember. Like, that movie was was like his big launching point. Yeah, yeah that's why most people went to see it. But uh, I saw a movie where I watched my friends who worked in the service yeah, industry. it's pretty dead on. Pretty dead on. Maybe that's why it's not in my top ten. There's, <laughs> <laughs> like, too many bad memories. Yeah. I mean, it's a funny movie, and, yeah, I mean, they hit it pretty much dead on what it's like to work in the service industry. Yeah, all the stuff I saw you guys going through was, <laughs> yeah. Right in there. Justin Long, his main character, mm-hmm. trying to go to college. You've got, uh, oh my, yeah, the, what's his name from Anchorman? It's the manager. David Koechner? David Koechner. Um, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is in the yeah. movie. Yeah. He's like the the waiter who's way too cool. The bro's stuck. Yeah. In, and he's, you know, badass, and then you realize you're just a waiter. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with being a waiter, it's just... Hopefully you outgrow that eventually. But. And all the shady customers and the slacker bus boys. Mm. And oh, yeah. I haven't the, seen that movie in a long time. The, um, the two cool bartenders, stuff like that. That's yeah. who I was. I was a cool all bartender. All the shitty, shitty customers. Shitty customers. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was the shitty customers. The customers in there remind me of customers when I worked at Outback so much. It's not even funny. One of my favorite uh, things that David Kegner deals with is like, Sir, I know you didn't like the steak, but did you have to eat the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think that doesn't that really happens all the time. Yeah. The service industry. I remember when I was working at a certain Mexican restaurant and people would tell me that the food sucked and there wouldn't be any left. I think, all right, guess here's a free entree for the next time you're in. <laughs> but yeah. That's despicable. So yeah, really funny movie. Yeah, it's a good one. Good, good, uh, good story. Good stuff. My number two. Uh, my number two is one we haven't talked about. Just kidding. My number two is War of the Worlds. Wow. Uh, I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. And, yeah, I just... The movie is, like, pulse-pounding, like, constant. Yeah. It starts really cool because Tom Cruise is a dickhead father. And he doesn't care about his kids. And then you realize that he does care about his kids. He's just had his heart broken by his ex-wife. And he has to save him, and he doesn't know his kids. You know, he didn't know that Dakota Fanning needs to do this certain thing to not make her feel scared, and his son knew. And I mean, it's corny, but the scene where his son is running away from him to join the fight is so good. It's really good. Tom Cruise is so good at that moment, and he realizes he has to let his son go. Yeah. And it's just it's just well done, and the movie's badass. Yeah. That's a great movie. And then there's this part where the pods shit out people with through blood <laughs> it's funny I, I it's because they're turning the earth into mars <laughs> i watch movies like that i said wow spielberg can get away with a pg-13 on this right on right yeah <laughs> well no they're they're turning it into red fertilizer yeah because that's what the that's why mars is is red mm-hmm. there really was i mean that's what the like the original sort of premise for for hg wells was because when they when they got better telescopes and could look up at 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 Mars, they saw um, like crevices and cracks in the in the planet that they thought were proof that there had to be something living there to be digging those holes. And of course, they're really just 
because there was no water, right? So, but then there used to be water, and that's what caused some of those. But, but yeah, Mars also, the, huh? go ahead. But Mars is the green planet for you, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, colorblind. colorblind. Yeah. You know, this was the movie, too, that kind of made Morgan Freeman the narrator guy because he didn't really oh, do narrations yeah. before this, right? Um, Is Shawshank well, Redemption, I guess? He did well, Shawshank, I mean, the the one that like made him famous for it was March of the Penguins, which was like, what, 2007? But, yeah, but yeah, it was 2005. Yeah, was it really 2005? Yeah, oh, man, so this was the year, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is the year of Morgan Freeman narration. Oh, that's funny. A single oh, Bruce Almighty was this year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, great year for Planned Morgan Freeman. Did any of us yeah. put a, mo- a Morgan Freeman other than this no. one? <laughs> uh, no. This is the only one. Yeah. War yeah, of the so, um, about Morgan Freeman narrates War of the Worlds? Yeah. Yeah. He does at the beginning and the end, yeah. Yeah, when they, when they zoom into the drop of water or whatever. Totally didn't remember that part. The single yeah. drop of water that gave us life. Yeah. Which that that part's cool. Yeah, they at least read a little bit of the book. Yeah, yeah. You don't need the book. Yeah. The movie's way better. It's the, the only book. it's the only good part of the book. No, the it is the book is bad. The first couple pages and the last couple pages of the book are really good. <laughs> so, so yeah. and you know Tom Cruise runs in this movie. Yeah, he does. Remember when he's running down the street and the pod is like zapping people and they're turning to dust. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's badass. Remember when he when the the person drops the camera and then there's a shot of the camera shooting other stuff and it's kind of cool yeah yeah that movie's good yeah it's a great movie it's a great movie man james number one here we go number ones my number one (laughs) i already know what it is (laughs) yeah my number one is a movie we have already talked about um that i just sort of let slide um it's serenity I felt so bad so, when I was doing my list. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this it's here, and it's going to. Oh, you you can't feel bad. I put Batman Begins at the very bottom of the list because I'm a dick. <laughs> oh, but you also <laughs> took my favorite movie too. Really, early. I did. I did. That's all right. Uh, no, it was five, yeah. and everything. Or no, it was six. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the uh, so to get back to your your statement earlier, um, I hadn't worked. I hadn't watched anything Joss Whedon, with the exception of, of Toy Story. I hadn't seen anything Joss Whedon before I saw Serenity. Really? Um, yeah. Didn't know Firefly. Hadn't watched Buffy. Um, Buffy technically, I season had watched... three. What was season three? Two thousand. Um, well, no, no, no. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, would have well would have ended in two thousand. Season four would have started in two thousand. Yeah. So you know? and there is when I started watching Buffy. Yeah. Um. I mean, technically, when I was a kid, I watched some Roseanne, but who can tell whether or not I saw any of the <laughs> Joss Whedon stuff then? Um, I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, basically, my friends Mick and RJ wanted to go see it, and then. Um, like they went and saw it and told me, yeah, like I, they were just saying, this is a thing you should probably check out. And I saw the trailer and was like, this seems cool. Like it's some kind of space adventure movie. Um, and I remember actually going into my parents' room and saying like, Hey, you know, this weekend we should go see this movie. Like, it seems like it might be cool. And they were like, okay, okay I mean, we don't know what it is, but yeah, we, maybe we'll check it out. Um, and so we like made it into this thing where, okay, we're going to go see this movie. Um, and I was just blown away. Just hundred percent blown away didn't um didn't really understand all of the all of the dialogue because it's so quick um very much very similar to kiss kiss bang bang honestly um and, and because the way that they speak is is not only very weed-esque but it's also tweaked a little bit you know where they're using chinese slang and all this stuff but um the the world itself was so 
rich. Uh, it, it felt like, I mean, honestly, it felt sort of like Star Wars did when I was a kid, where there was so much going on in this world, and I wanted to spend so much more time in it. And sure enough, what was really cool was I then got to go back and spend a whole bunch more time in the in that world. Um, because I, I went and like within the next couple of weeks, I found the blue, the DVDs at, at Walmart for pretty cheap and, and started just booking through the, the show, uh, and realized like, holy shit, like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's really good at this. Um, you know, the way he was writing those characters and creating this, you know, it, you can do it fairly easy in a movie, but to, to really flesh out those characters the way he did in the TV show, um, was just amazing. And, and so the reason that it's at the top of my list is not just because honestly, I think it's the best movie that was made that year. I think it's a, a, a piece of gold that like everyone should go check out. Um, but it's also because it's the movie that introduced me to, to Joss Whedon mm. and, and got me to eventually watch Buffy and, and get to a place where I was going to basically consume absolutely anything that he I've gone back and watched every episode of Roseanne so at this point I've seen all of it um it's uh it's a really really great movie um that that I will probably cherish forever um so yeah that that's my number one you know what got me into Buffy what I know what you did last summer. Sarah Michelle Gellar? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. For reals. I I watched that movie and I said, oh, that Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's pretty cute. Oh, she's Buffy? Well, I'm going to watch this show. And then I had an erection for the next five years. Unfortunately, you started in, wait, season, oh, you started in season three? Yeah, or because I, what, what, I know you did last summer was 99, I think. Um, and it came out in the summer, so Buffy wasn't on. I'm going to look that up now. Yeah, so you started in season four, yeah. arguably the worst season of Buffy. Well, one of the worst. Were the, well, the, the first episode good. in season four is great. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know the Riley thing. Yeah, and well, I love when Faith and Buffy Riley's switch bad. bodies. A- Adam is bad. It's um, bad. Beer is bad. Um, oh, so no, it was season three because I know what you did last summer was ninety seven. Oh, so well, ninety seven is the year that Buffy started. Season two, then so ninety eight. Yeah. Oh well, there there you go. Yeah, yeah. You, that's starting in the prime. Yeah, man. I couldn't remember. Like, like how, how yeah. old am I? Jeez. Right, you're pretty old. I mean, I was in high school, so that's how I related to Buffy. Actually, I did. I really wanted to be Xander. I'm like, oh, I am Xander. I'm silly and funny, and the hot girl doesn't like me at all. <laughs> she, um, she'd rather date the bad boy Angel. Yeah, it had been so. It had been just yeah, just before season two started. I remember with with Serenity, I think the only time I was confused was with um, Mr. Universe because that was the one thing where – and it's not even explained because Mr. Universe not – or no, it was Mr. Universe and uh, – um, uh, not Bishop, um, the priest. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I can't remember his name. Um, wow. Uh, but the priest um, – because that guy just like shows up and dies in the show in the movie, and you're like, w- was this guy supposed to be important? Because he wasn't in the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, but uh, but for the rest of it, I was I was totally in. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. So anyway, that was my number one. Brad, uh, my number one should come as no surprise. It's obviously Batman Begins, which you've already talked about. Yeah, it's um, a good movie. It's a great movie. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I like it better than the, the Dark Knight. Just really, really? I mean, because it's really, um, 
Like, Batman really doesn't show up to like 50 minutes until it's awesome. I'm pretty sure it's like 50 minutes before Batman shows up. Oh, Batman begins? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the way he goes, Nolan goes through so much like detail to explain every aspect of like like the suit and his motivations, like exploring, just deconstructing everything that like makes him into Batman. Um, and admittedly, when I first saw it, I've obviously I was a big fan of the, the 1989 Tim Burton Batman. So seeing this one be so real and like not have the Danny Elfman score, um, Gotham City's not really a character in the movie, hmm. um, was kind of jarring and I almost didn't, like it as much hmm. um but obviously once the dark knight came out and kind of validated that world a little more um now I actually look at it and be like uh the gotham city in batman begins is more of a character because it has like the narrows and yeah, the underground and stuff you know yeah. whereas yeah. uh night and rises are like chicago yeah <laughs> blatantly chicago or new york um not really a, like a different world there um, like the way the Batman begins is. And so like, that's the parts I like about it now, where it's, it's the one of the Nolans that feels closer to the comics of yeah. Batman. Um, yeah. yeah, I will say, you know, uh, going back and watching it again makes it, a, you're right. Validates the movie way more. I mean, it, I, I liked it when I first saw it, hmm. but when you go back and watch it again, you say, Oh yeah, this movie's really tight, really tight. Yeah. Yeah. And of course too, like obviously Batman and Robin killed things. So, I kind of never thought I was going to see like another Batman movie. Right. Up until that point, I've been reading a lot of fan stuff where like Darren Aronofsky was supposed to do Batman year one. And Alfred was like a mechanic. Um, and he didn't have the suit. Yeah. Like, the bat suit and stuff. And I was like, Oh Jesus. Well, it's interesting too, because when we interviewed Michael Uslan, he talked about that, you know, and he talks about in his book, the boy who loved Batman, that, when Batman and Robin came out, it was about selling toys. It wasn't about making the movie. It was, they showed him toys before they even had a script for the movie saying, Oh, this is what we want. And, um, and he made it a point to, you know, get rid of all those ideas and say, no, we need to get Batman back to being Batman. Back to story. Back to story. And you see their hard work pay off. And someone came in, Christopher Nolan and, uh, they, David Goyer, they pitched an idea. I think it was Goyer, right? Who wrote it? Yeah. Pitched an idea and, it worked really well. Like mm-hmm. they said, like if you want audiences to reconnect with this character seriously, we have to put him in a serious world. So we have yeah. to put him in like relatable, authentic situations, not like comic book tropes and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, the like, thing is, yeah. is you know, movies like Spider Man made it okay to use the comic books as source material because you know before it's even you know the Tim Burton Batman very successful, but they're so afraid of that stigma about being a comic book movie right that they would always try to justify why you know the characters didn't look like they did in the comics or they didn't use those stories in the comics they're too hokey but when you take them and you deconstruct them for a film they can work very well right and i think you know nolan's batman begins is a perfect example of that it also brought out oh we have to make all these superhero movies dark and gritty but that's not (laughs) but that's not what makes those movies successful you know it's it's having a clear vision of what you want the movie to be. And yeah, their movies are dark, but that's not the selling point of the movies. It's all the characters. Because if you don't care about Bruce Wayne, you're not going to care about Batman. Who gives a shit about Batman? And they, they were dark because of Batman. They weren't dark because of... like They were they were dark because there's a whole scene 
you know, part of what makes him more relatable in that version is there's this whole section at the beginning where he, he wants to kill the guy who killed yeah. his parents and he has to decide whether or not that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a whole lot more relatable and inherently darker, but that's simply because of the story. It's yeah. not, it's the thing that made Batman work again was not, Hey, we're going to make him dark no, this time. Totally. Like he was already dark. You just you just gave him a real story worth telling, mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing that people forgot. So I agree. And I miss things like they set up that Batman can like use his, his cape as a glider. Yeah, yeah. Disappears after that movie, for mm. the most part. Like he he'll he'll glide in, but he never flies like he does through the narrows at one point. True. Or even like do close up shots of the rigidness of the cape. Yeah, you're right. True. Like they do in that movie. Yeah. And there's one glaring, like, logic hole with the whole water evaporator. Like, all the people would evaporate because there's water in your body. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, which I didn't catch the first time around. But I was like, it's open water. It's it's not water in cells. It's water that's... Through concrete in the sewer? Sure. <laughs> Farther away from bodily cells? It's, it's funny. I, I never... Because I enjoy movies so much... Lapsing logic like that, I don't care about. As yeah. long as you tell me a, a compelling story and a story I'm interested in, yeah. it's just frustrating because like all the detail he goes into, like yeah, the, the ears and the bat suit are actually the radio compass or the radio right. antenna thing, and um, all this training. And it's just like, oh yeah, we didn't really flesh out the whole <laughs> right. device thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Batman Begins is awesome. Yep, it is I'm turning gonna, point. I'm gonna watch that tonight. I think that's <laughs> fall asleep movie. to it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, my number one movie, as we already talked about, was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, I actually discovered it on DVD. I never saw it in the theater. Uh-huh. Um, I, I got it because I heard it was good. And I didn't know at the time I really liked Robert Downey Jr. In fact, it took me a few more years even before I got like really into him. But I remember picking up the DVD at Second Spin. And uh, when I didn't know if it was any good. But I had a lot of people tell me how great the film was. And I picked it up and I watched it. I fell in love with it ever since. And I've I watch it once or twice a year at least, just because I I, I just love the characters. I love the world it's created. I would love for them to make a sequel to it just to, <laughs> just to see the characters again. I, because that's why I really like the Judge. Because I mean I love Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and stuff. But I love to see him just act and be in dramas. Um, do you remember what the uh, what the original short story that it's based on is called? No, because it's a great title. I I like the title "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang," but I like "Bodies Are Where You Find Them" a whole lot more. Nice, that's a really cool story. It is. I remember in the in the trailer when uh, I think in almost every trailer they had this the scene where he's he's in the bathroom peeing and he looks over and there's the dead body and he turns and pees on the dead body. Like <laughs> I think that was in every single trailer. And I just remember going like, that is such a, a ridiculous, but hilarious sequence in that movie. Um, it's especially funny. when he actually explained it. Well, I accidentally peed. On, Why did you pee on the body? Like, <laughs> so good. It's, it's a movie that didn't catch on till later too. No, it's no, definitely no. a cult movie. Yeah. So, um, that it gets the credit it deserves now is pretty awesome, and I, I've run into a couple people that have don't like it, but I think they're stupid. Yeah, I think they're stupid too. I don't even know who these people Idiots. are, but I think they're probably dumb. Yeah, uh, but yeah, again, it's just dumb dumbs. It's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie, so of course it's gonna be my favorite movie from two thousand five. Yeah, I um, I didn't even put that together. Now I feel bad for putting it. Oh, in there, it but, doesn't matter. But it's um, a great movie. It, that so. it's on all of our lists is just justification that it's a mm-hmm. great movie. Yeah, you know. 
So that's the way I look at it. Very it's cool. like a point system. <laughs> it's a point system. <laughs> that, that's um, my Academy Awards joke right there. <laughs> did we have anybody write one? We I have did. I have one that we somebody did. gave me. Uh, Kendall tweeted us that Harry Potter was her favorite film oh, of this cool. year. Which one is Goblet of Fire? Goblet of Fire. I think I saw that one in theaters. Is the... Uh, is uh, it the one where they gotta like... Yeah, uh, it's where uh, Shoe Face dies. dies at the end. I don't remember Shoe... Is it the one where Robert they... Robert Panson. <laughs> is it the one... Shoe Face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his face looks like a shoe. <laughs> Shovel Face. Uh, is it the one where bad. there's like that a... about 2005. Is it the one where there's a... It's not a Pegasus. What's that thing called? It's a... Um, it's a it's a bird horse and then griffin they, they griffin. have to no 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 it's a slightly different animal but anyway um a pegasus they gotta like they're doing like a challenge thing right like it's it's like a sports yeah it's thing. it's a, yeah. it's like the it's the wizard olympics basically okay yeah yeah wizard olympics yeah that that's a i'm good pretty one. sure it's okay. half-blood prince though yeah, I, I saw that one in uh, i'm gonna look it up right now because okay I, go right I, ahead i think you're wrong it might be. I mean, I I keep looking at lists and I kept seeing half or Goblet of Fire on there. So yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it's Goblet of Fire. Uh, That's the Goblet of Fire. You guys are lucky. Uh, no, just right. Um, <laughs> luck had nothing to do with me being right. Um, so I do have one. Uh, my friend Matt at work, uh, when he heard we were doing this, went ahead and threw throw one together. So I'll run through it really quick. Starting at number ten, uh, his number ten was Murder Ball, which is a really cool documentary, um, by the way. Uh, I'm just disappointed that it's not about a ball that murders people. <laughs> That's called Phantasm, I think, is the horror movie we're looking for. Phantasm. Uh, um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was his number nine. Uh, Sweet. Match Point at number eight. Ooh, good my night. wife loves that movie. Yeah, yeah, she's wrong. Um, <laughs> good Night and Good Luck is his number seven. Uh, the Aristocrats, which I forgot about, is number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, number five. Uh, a, his, a History of Violence, which we didn't talk about at number four. That was almost on my list. Um, yeah, that's that a good movie. movie. I need to watch it again. It's been a while. So good. Uh, Batman Begins, number three. Brick, number two. And that's Munich. Shit, Brick. Munich at number one. Mm-hmm. So, that's that was cool. a good list. Yeah, it was. Um, I will mention, actually, I think his, what would have been his 11, he did two versions, so his 11 and 12 would have been The Squid and the Whale and Sin City, so if that's any. Very cool. Yeah. Man, this is fun. I love doing this. Yeah, this was a good one. It's like you get a peek into our past and our personalities. Yeah. Um, it's still three hours. <laughs> I feel yeah. I feel bad that, like, I feel like we did it to each other as well. Like, we're not, you know, it wasn't just me. I was the worst one, but as far as sweeping the leg. But, nah, that's all right. Um, what were there? I have a list of, of a couple other ones. Going I in, I figured, like, you guys would have the reverse of my list. I was, I was already prepared to, like, <laughs> like eh, let me talk about this again. Um, this was... The later in this year is when I first started working at Blockbuster, so I watched a lot of movies from this year and a lot of little little ones along the way. So Did like Blockbuster let you rent movies for free? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like five a week or something oh, like that. That's awesome. Yeah, for I free. So advantage. Oh, I guess they sometimes did let us they, do that at Hollywood Video. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. I watched I, a lot of horror movies. It's also um, it ended up being I still had a rewards membership while I was there, and so I would there were plenty of weeks where I was renting movies on top of the, the ones that I had. Um, I watched a lot of movies in those years. Um, so I, there, there were just a couple I wanted to point out. Grizzly Man came out in 2005. Which did you ever see Grizzly Man? I have. I That's did. A, I was always bummed that they didn't show the <laughs> the tape. Yeah, I know. Same way. It's so graphic, but yeah. Fuck yeah. you, Werner Herzog. <laughs> uh, um, I do not want to show you that. Yeah. <laughs> Jones uh, of 
shown enough atrocities to the world. <laughs> I've made you sit through most of this movie, waiting for this part, and now I'm going to pull the rug out from under you. Fuck <laughs> okay. uh, You lose. <laughs> uh, it's a, a really cool little movie, though. Um, uh, Junebug, which I just wanted to point out because that was the movie that basically gave us Amy Adams, which, was, which was sort of uh, yeah, I've I've seen it too. It's a it's a good movie. It wasn't going to be in my top ten, but um, just thought that was never cool. seen it. Oh, it's a cool little movie. Like, yeah. She she's adorable in it. I mean, it's why she is she naked. Um, no, she's super then pregnant. I then I don't want to see it. Fuck that. She's super pregnant. Um, just kidding. Uh, Hustle and Flow was this year, which I have you guys seen Hustle and Flow? I really like Hustle and Flow. Nope. Um, it's cool. I don't think it appealed to me. Pro- it, it probably it probably doesn't. But uh, Constantine was this year, which I I like. I don't know why you you're such an apologist for that film. I'm not even an apologist. That movie's really cool. I don't like. Do you- no, no, it's good. It's good. No. You're in the minority. Um, yeah, you're I'm the, an ap- you're the five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If you want to be, talk about being an apologist, I'm an apologist for Into the Blue, which was also 2005, and that movie is funny. You know what's shit. funny is you told me about that, and I was at Trademark the other day, and it was used, so I got it. Did you? Oh, yeah. have you watched it yet? No. Into the Blue. Yeah, yeah Into the Blue. Actually, um, it's funny. I, th- just Jessica Alba and Paul Walker. I know what it is. That I'm movie. Like, what do you? I didn't. I did tell you the story why I went to Trademark. I went there because I was just looking at my wife's movies and. You know, everyone's like, oh, you got to see the first Fast and Furious. It's like, whatever. My wife has it on DVD. I'll watch it. Yeah. So I put it in. I'm watching it. It's fucking full frame. So I was so what? pissed off that I ejected the disc and I went straight to Tradesmart to get it on Blu-ray. <laughs> did, you, did you pull it out of the Blu-ray player and just literally squeeze it and snap it? In well, half? no. I traded it in to get credit. So. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> and I told my wife, too. I said, like, hey, when you buy movies, make sure they're widescreen. She said, I think that when I was in high school. <laughs> she was really <laughs> mad that I traded it in. But I'm like, now we have it on Blu-ray. Uh, that's funny. Um, uh, Corpse Red was that was that year, which I know you don't care about, but I actually really like that. My movie. wife loves that movie. So does your wife. Um, and then I will say, uh, I actually really like the Lion of the Witch in the Wardrobe. No joking aside. Um, and Hitch was that year as well, which I think is a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all of them I felt like deserved a little mention. So, well, since we're going through mentions, yeah, we should uh, talk about this is actually a year of a lot of notable stuff that is crap. Yes, like Fantastic Four, the Fantastic Four movie. I don't think it's that bad. You got it's uh, crap. That's not crap. Tim Burton did two movies that year. One <laughs> yeah. of them being Charlie uh-huh. and the Chocolate Factory, which after the Oprah reference in it and the dance numbers, I was like, I'm out. Yeah. Um, Wedding Crashers is pretty popular, but not with us. It's uh, a fun movie. I mean, yeah, I like it, but it's not, you know. Uh, a lot of people went to see Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. The Madagascar franchise began then. Oh, oh gosh. Right. I saw that in theaters. Me too. Shit I think I saw it with Taylor. Uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain came out. And was like I I've haven't seen it. Still never seen it. It's a good movie for. Oh, I could have been Taylor. She'd have been three. Um, mm. The Dukes of Hazard I thought was funny. Really, I've um, never seen that one. Is when you know Johnny Knoxville was it? I am Johnny Knoxville, and I'm going to drive the General Lee. Bear, bear, bear. <laughs> um, the height of his popularity, a remake of a, a film remake. Uh, he's in Walking Tall. Dukes of Hazard. I think the first movie I saw that year was White Noise. I just remember oh, that's oh right. my gosh. Michael Keaton getting murdered by white noise. <laughs> um, There's also a Michael Keaton and Robert Downey Jr. movie from that year called Game Six, which oh, yeah. is okay. I, I've never seen it. I remember the cover because I worked at Blockbuster. I have it on DVD if you ever oh, really uh, want to watch Michael Keaton. And- you didn't sell me real well, so I think I'm all right. <laughs> well, if you're bored one day. Just what, know that I have it. What other shit happened that year? Um, remember when Will Ferrell made a Bewitched movie? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a bad movie. I'm surprised. It's, 
given that the rock is in it be cool didn't make it on your list right uh he's not really in that too much though he's he, the best part of that movie though. yeah but he's not really he's like in it for 10 minutes uh, kind of there's a couple of scenes, i don't remember but, i remember yeah. that he dances in a during a car wreck is pretty funny i was really disappointed by that movie um because I, I mean i really like get shorty and and other elmore leonard films but be cool just sort of meanders so um, the the biggest deal was like it's the you know they're reuniting john travolta and uma thurman it's gonna be like pulp fiction all it no it's not no it's not it's 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 just gonna be get shorty but not as good oh another rock movie doom yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yep um First that was terrible. <laughs> Carl Urban wasn't well known yet. No. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that movie too well. Um, I'm always tempted when I'm at Tradesmart and it's used to get it when I can get it for a dollar because I, I like The Rock, but I'm like, I don't know if I like him that much. I do, um, but I don't. If we're talking about garbage from that movie, Crash came out that year and won, <laughs> and won Best Picture. That movie's that? a fucking piece of shit. Michael like, Bay came out with a movie that only made $35 million called The Island. Yeah, but that movie was fully paid for before they started production because there were there are so many uh, product placements that like that movie made money all day long. And I don't think it's that bad. I think it's kind of fun. No, it's not bad. I think the second movie I saw that year, Aeon Flux. <laughs> that movie is bad. Yeah, that was Ugh. boring. That was when Charlie's... I, I was reading that she signed on to that movie before she became like super famous. What movie did she get was in that she came really famous for just uh, before mighty that. joe young no something else it's when i met her monster and fell in monster love. maybe yeah i can't remember off of um, her oscar she was in uh she was in uh north country that year as well um uh someone who would go on to jumpstart iron man made a little movie called zathura no yeah that's funny i forgot about yeah. that I I've never even watched that movie because I just was disappointed that it looked like a complete ripoff of Jumanji. But I've t- people have told me it's actually pretty good. Electra came out and then faded away. Yep, thus killing the Daredevil uh, brand. I can't wait to watch that next Netflix. It started streaming today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It. Yeah. Shoot. Maybe I'll do that while you're editing our interviews. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, what other garbage? I should have um, put together a list of just. Let's say garbage, but just like notable things that it's uh, like it go, just goes by the wayside, you know. Fun with Dick and Jane. <laughs> yeah, like you see stuff on the shelf, and then I don't know, you just kind of forget about it. Chicken Little. It's weird that they're all I in like the Chicken same Little. year. It's a cute movie. It is, and it has a Bernie Lady song in it. Robots. Not a good movie. <laughs> uh, are we there yet? Oh, wait, no. How about Cheaper by the Dozen 2? Remember when they tried you know, to make the Honeymooners with Cedric the Entertainer? That was that year, too. You know what's messed up is Alone in the Dark <laughs> made more money than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Alone in the Dark, which I saw once. You saw on it? Video. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it. I fell asleep during it. Because when UA Bull made House of the Dead, I refused to watch his movies again. And then I watched House of the Dead again, and I wanted hmm. to do something that was stupid uh sky high that's actually a kind of fun little movie if you've never that's seen a it kurt russell one right yeah it's like a kurt russell kurt russell plays a superhero it's i mean it's about like a superhero family going to superhero high school yeah um sounds like a disney movie yeah yeah it's a it it's a, a pretty movie. it's a pretty decent one though i remember um, it. i remember seeing it 
but it didn't stick with me. Though the Brothers Grimm is a pretty decent pile of garbage. <laughs> it is. Um, wow, Terry Gilliam can't make a cohesive movie. So weird. Yeah. Yeah, that movie falls on its face. Like all Terry Gilliam movies. I always thought I Domino it. was like a blockbuster, but I guess it only made $10 million. That movie is garbage, too. Isn't that a Ridley, it's cooking is along. that Tony Scott or Ridley Scott? It's Tony Scott. Yeah. It's cooking along just fine, and you're like, oh, man, like... This this is shot like a music video, um, and then all of a sudden they start doing drugs and having sex in the desert, and everything goes to shit. And you're like, this is incoherent. Isn't it weird how Tony Scott's film style totally changed from the '80s into the the '90s and 2000s? <laughs> because in the '80s and stuff, he I mean he made Top Gun and Days of Thunder, where it's these straight up you know action Crim- movies, Crimson and, Tide, and Crimson Tide, and then he went to this really stylistic, interesting choice movies. Yeah, and then, well, and then he ended up in this place where he was making like Unstoppable and like just movies. I don't that think were, Unstoppable is that bad though. No, I don't either. But he was just making like just fun action movies. Yeah, like, taking a Pelham one two three. I think it's like, like, I, I think it's better than the original. I yeah. said it. I said it. I don't care. Sure, whatever. The original Old Boy came out this year. The, wow, the one. Interesting. Yeah, don't really like that one either. But <laughs> the Hammer sequence is awesome. It's still better than the new one. Yeah, the and hammer sequence is awesome. Mask. The, the the new one ruined my seeing Elizabeth Olsen naked. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even salvage yeah, that. You're not going to be able to handle Age of Ultron. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mirror Mask I thought was like a big deal that year, but apparently it was only an eight hundred thousand dollar big deal. <laughs> well, I think that one was big on DVD. I guess so. As I remember because it it moved a lot at the blockbuster, but. Um, yeah, that was 2005, guys. Cool, yeah. yeah. It was a good one. Fun list. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll be seeing Ex Machina. If not, um, I don't know, something else. Uh, if not, we'll do 1995. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure something out. <laughs> um, always know we'll be here. You know, I keep on forgetting to mention, but we do have a new podcast in the Nebulous Visions multimedia uh, family. It's called Nerd Fat, Popca- Nerd Fat Podcast by our good friend Matt out in California. Uh, make sure you give them a listen. They do a show with similar themes, nerd themes, but they do it a little different than us. And, uh, yeah, they have lots of fun. They actually did an interview with a band, so, you know, they do different things as well. So give them a listen. Nerd Fap Podcast. F-A-P. This week they're going to review Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. Band, so oh, yeah, another reason why. That. Um, That's cool. Give Brad's film a shout out. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, as always. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.